On this episode of Hit the Mats Podcast, the planet's champion has taken a leave in order to meditate amongst the sequoias. Leave. He might be injured. I'm very sad. Backlash has been renamed, and Luke Harper has requested his release from the WWE. Want to know more? Stay tuned! Tonight's main event. Welcome to Hit the Mats. In this corner, from New Milford, Connecticut, your WWE mentor, Dan, the man, Maloney, and his opponent, from Toledo, Ohio, the filthy casual himself, Chris Hogan. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Mats Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Dan, the man, Maloney. And we're here to run you through all the saucy deets on everything WWE wrestling this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly WWE wrestling podcast, where Dan, your diehard fan, and I, your resident filthy casual, run you through the latest news, uh, review the latest WWE products, and uh, discuss a topic about the world of wrestling for your amusement. We haven't done that in a while. Because we've had so much catching up to do and so many pay-per-views to do. So we've had to cut out the topic of the show for a lot of episodes. We'll see how we uh, how we do today. Because we got to go through all the Superstar mm-hmm, Shake-Up. And mm-hmm. then we got to do some shows. So, apologies if we don't get to a topic again. But uh, we're trying to keep these episodes kind of um, consumable. Mm-hmm. Would probably be the right word. Brevity is key. Once they become too long, I can't upload them in a single portion to our uh, web host, and it's a problem, because then I have to split it into two episodes, like I did a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll try to keep everything trickling out at a regular pace. Uh, if you enjoy what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below on our YouTube channel, and rate well elsewhere. It really genuinely does help us out, uh, and find more people to uh, join our little group and uh, our listenership. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash hit the books, which you can contribute if you so choose. Uh, If you don't want to, that's perfectly fine. We enjoy having you listening, watching, and enjoying our show. Uh, Anytime you want to talk to us, you can talk to us on Twitter at htbvids, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can email us at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, htbvids.com. Again, that's htbvids.com. Where we have links to every feed, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, uh, you name it, it's all on there. We've been trying to add to some other ones that are a little more quirky, but uh, it's it's taking time because they're just some some distributors don't have their P's and Q's really quite right yet for a, a, an RSS feed, so it's a little it's a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, and, of course, if there's any uh, requested feeds that you prefer to listen to, just uh, sh- hit us up on uh, Twitter, and I'll see if I can't uh, make that happen for you. Um, and, of course, be sure to check out our uh, comic book show, uh, which we also have weekly. Uh, we've had a lot of comic book movies coming out between Endgame and Hellboy and uh, Shazam, of course. Captain Marvel. Go see Shazam. You know, Captain Marvel's fine. <laughs> It's it existed, fine. though. It if existed. you want to know who that lady in Endgame is, you know, go ahead and watch it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 
it's quite a season for superhero stuff, and we're going to have a huge dry spell. So I imagine after we get all of these reviews done, uh, which you can check out on our YouTube channel and on our podcast services, um, th- there will be regular episodes returning with covers of the week and uh, variant covers of the week and all that store. Um, again, hosted by myself and Emery Saunders. And we have a new patron that has crossed the threshold for uh, having a shout-out as a producer on the show. I want to give a shout-out to Heather Reap, who has contributed a certain amount that gave her a certain tier, and she will earn our gratitude, of course, and a shout-out on the shows uh, for this month. So big thank you to Heather Reap. Really appreciate it. We have two sisters, so I can't say best sister in the world because then it's just rude to her other sister. But, you know. She's definitely up there. She's up there. She's she's top two for sure. <laughs> Exclusive club. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you, Heather, um, for that contribution. All right, let's get into the show. So this week we're just going to kind of real quickly maybe talk about the big important points of uh, the go-home shows after WrestleMania. Uh, because again, they're, they're, they weren't necessarily the best shows in the world because they're just go home shows and it's for the smarky crowds that are in New York. Smarkamania and, was running um, wild. There were some nice little surprises and one title change, which was kind of surprising, but it, it basically told you what was going to happen at right. Superstar Shakeup. Right. So, um, that was there and, uh, we'll talk about some news items and then we'll get into the regular show, which will be going over all the Superstar Shakeups. And then talking about this week's programming uh, for SmackDown Raw, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, you name it, we got it. All right, so before we get too far in, let's go ahead and talk about some news because there were some significant injuries to come out of WrestleMania, um, and then one injury that came out post-WrestleMania. So let's go ahead and go through those. Yeah, so the most significant one right now is to the Planet's champion, Daniel Bryan. Um, not exactly sure the nature of the injury, all of the they're, reporting. They're being very tight-lipped about it. Yeah, the reporting I'm seeing is they're keeping it really in a small circle around Daniel Bryan as far as the people that are even being allowed to be aware of what's going on with him. Um, but uh, it has kept him off TV since WrestleMania. Uh, he is still advertised for future shows in the coming weeks, um, yeah. so they haven't removed him from the ads that they're sending out for those shows, so that's hopeful. Um, but because of the fact that he has such a severe concussion history and he just came back a year yeah. ago from a career from ending his career because of his concussions that's always a major concern so let's hope it's nothing with his head yeah that's that's my thought process immediately you know if it if he tweaked his arm or his shoulder or his back you know Mm -hmm. then i i think they wouldn't be as tight-lipped about it and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't be as you know quick to you know leave him on the promos because they're unsure you know i really hope this isn't the case because i love daniel bryan i love the planet's champion gimmick i you know the person is just awesome you know, in real life, and I love watching videos with him in him because he's just such an interesting guy. And I said in a previous show, I think he's the best overall professional wrestler on the planet. So yeah, that certainly counts for a lot. And clearly, he loves being a father and all that stuff. So I'm sure you know he's concerned about being sentient <laughs> as mm-hmm. he ages. You know, mm-hmm. with his kids, absolutely, and having to worry about CTE. Um, I really am concerned that this was a head injury that he's concerned about, and that's why he's been taking this break. And I worry that he's considering retirement again, you know, on a more permanent basis, obviously, just because, you know, he he does have to think about his kids. He is up there in age, you know, compared to most of the roster. Um, And he's had an awesome career. But, you know, if you had to retire once because of head injuries already, you were already on the verge of just, you know, 
being in danger of you know long term, long long term issues you know permanently mm-hmm. that may be irreversible. Mm-hmm. And I I hope again I hope that's not the case. I hope it's something you know relatively minor and you know something that doesn't concern his brain. Um, but just the way they're acting about it and behaving about it, it that's what makes me think that that's not the case that it may mm-hmm. actually be you know some type of head injury and he's considering his options before he returns yeah i mean if he just has some kind of sprain it doesn't really make a lot of sense that they would be um would be keeping it as close to the vest as they are um but it could be that it might be something that is threatening to his short-term future and therefore and they're not totally sure where it's going to go and maybe for that reason they don't want to cause any kind of panic or concern yeah um or start ripping them off of their ads for their coming shows or you know have to report to their stockholders that one of their biggest talents is going to be out for an extended period which you know they're already referring to superstar absences in their um their earnings calls with stockholders yeah about attributing some of the uh, downturn that they've had with their revenues and the TV ratings as a result of all of these injuries. So I'm actually just trying to pull up. Um, there were there were several uh, injuries that came out um, during WrestleMania weekend. Another one I know is uh, Nia Jax, um, who had to have double ACL surgery. So both her knees were destroyed. Insane. Uh, I don't know if it sounded like it was something that was cumulative over time. Um, but, uh, to have to have both surgeries right after WrestleMania, you know, it's, you know, I don't know if she had something that was lingering that was exacerbated during her match there. She did go up to the top rope, which is unusual for someone like her, um, to get up there. So I know that she's going to be out for a long time with that. Um, and then, uh, Rhea Ripley was revealed to have some kind of foot injury. I think a possibly a broken foot I'm not 100 percent sure the nature of the injury but yeah. she's expected to be out eight weeks so that'll be two tapings of which is a bummer because we were so high on her yeah and she had just started uh, a feud with uh with piper nevin which was something i was really looking forward to seeing yeah um that would have been a really fun really fun women's hoss fight which you don't see a lot of um so that's pretty disappointing too so a couple of injuries um i know that sheamus hasn't been seen recently we yeah. don't have a lot of rumors that he's injured as well yeah but there no are confirmation whispers, but... right there are whispers about what could be going on with him but there aren't really anything confirmed yet um but uh the fact that he's not been on tv it it, it does seem concerning um and then Big E tore his meniscus during yep. last week's smackdown uh the the WrestleMania Fallout show SmackDown. Gotta wonder if he did it doing all those splits. Yeah, you know, he kept doing the splits. He too was big just, a man. He was, <laughs> he was just begging for trouble. Yeah. So uh, he claimed that it happened during the main event match, um, but I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure on the timeline for a meniscus tear. I think it's something like two months or six weeks, six eight weeks, something yeah. like that. Um, and then I know that AJ Styles came out of WrestleMania with a hip injury, so he mm-hmm. was injured during that match. He was not on the Fallout SmackDown show after WrestleMania, so yep. um, something but to keep an spoiler eye Spoiler alert, he yeah, shows up on what back, we'll be reviewing. And wrestles a lot, so a presumably lot. he's just fine. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of injuries all came out at one time after WrestleMania. Yeah. So Kind of insane. Yeah, just wild. And yeah. uh, so wishing the best for Daniel Bryan, wishing the best for Sheamus. Don't really have more details on them right now. Yep. Um, but uh, hopefully those guys are able to return to action soon, so they yeah. would be big losses. 
it does kind of showcase again the need for an off season, especially mm-hmm. after the biggest pay per view of the year, where you're there all day long, mm-hmm. probably there all week, preparing and rehearsing and mm-hmm. just destroying your body. Obviously, you have to do shows before and after. Yeah, you right. know, immediately after. Or if you're Alistair Black and Ricochet, you have to do Friday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Um, you know, I think I think. Everybody involved would benefit a lot from an off season. Mm. You, you would build more hype for the return of the show on the networks. You know, it's just like the first games of the NFL season. Everybody is fucking watching the first week because mm. they want to see what's going on. They're happy football's back, proper football, <laughs> mm. and they want to go watch it. And it's a big event for everybody involved. I think wrestling could benefit a lot from it. I'm not saying you know take off the entire you know an entire section of the year but you know maybe take a month off or something yeah you know i think that's reasonable and that would keep the networks happy yeah i think there's i think that's a good topic to have as a big topic one of these weeks because there's a lot to unpack there i do think that the big challenge for them is that the reason that their tv shows are so valuable the reason that fox paid 200 million dollars for smackdown the reason that usa paid 365 million dollars for raw for the same period of time yeah which was just just to put that in context USA was paying a uh, hundred million or 150 million dollars per year for both Raw and SmackDown, and now we'll be paying 365 for five years of just Raw, while SmackDown will be paying it wasn't 150 million per year it was over the course of five years. So they yeah. had a five year deal where they yeah. had Raw and SmackDown for 150, and in the same period of time, USA will now be paying 365 just for Raw, and t- and Fox will be paying 200 just for SmackDown. Yeah. So. The, and the reason that the, the, the primary driver of that is that WWE is one of the few shows that's able to deliver a large live audience every week. So that's that's the challenge that they have as far as their business model. So I've, I've always thought like they can have a sort of rotation schedule. They'll just put people into into groups sure. and this group will take six weeks off at a time. Yeah. And then or once they that's up, do... another group will take will take their six weeks yeah. off and then an, another group. And that way everybody gets their time off, but they're still delivering the product every single week. Yeah. Which And the way that they're, that they've built up the brand to be the star of the show more than any particular star, you know, that, that, that would be beneficial to that. And that yeah. even if your, your Roman Reigns isn't there, if the brand is the star, the brand's there every week. So yeah. I think that might be a solution that problem but i think just pitching something again this maybe we can go more in depth on a topic yeah yeah it sounds like a lot i think it'd be cool if they took like the you know the smaller rosters the nxt uk maybe nxt and then 205 live and just took those guys and had a month where they were the main show and they were mm-hmm. battling in a tournament to see who would be ascend to the main roster and they're all fighting it out to ascend to the ra- main roster and that gives like casual audience like myself more of an opportunity to get familiar with Mm. these different characters that they want to push into the main roster instead of the just changing their names completely and making them show up randomly on the main shows you know like they did with uh the viking experience talking about that Uh, (laughs) i assure you i think that would be pretty cool and you would still have your shows every week Mm. and you know you're going to get awesome wrestling because everybody knows nxt has awesome amazing wrestlers and same with 205 live with the high flyers and whatnot yeah there's a lot of talent on the secondary brands i think there's you could you could benefit a lot you give the main roster guys who do a lot of a lot more shows than the nxt and 205 well yeah 205 live guys maybe not um but again you can give them a lot more of a break and then Mm -hmm. you know the smaller crowds can get more eyes on them uh, just for that month and it can i think it would benefit the entire business overall Mm. um 
and probably benefit a lot of the wrestlers that don't get any spotlight because it's so crowded with talent, you know, mm-hmm. so frequently. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, SmackDown. Yeah, there's definitely a problem with uh, they've just got so much talent that they don't know what to do with, and then none yeah. of them are getting time off instead of they're paying them to sit in catering. It seems like yeah. they need to give some people a break. Um, next news item, Backlash, which was scheduled for San Jose in June, uh, has been first. It was canceled. They just pulled it. They just pr- they just scrubbed its existence from the world. Yeah. And then apparently it's now been renamed. Um, so WWE put out a trademark for stomping grounds a few weeks ago. Um, a trademark re- request, and obviously that was granted because now it sounds like there will be a show in June called WWE Stomping Grounds, which instead of San Jose will take place in Tacoma, Washington. Um, Meanwhile, there was an NXT takeover scheduled for San Jose the weekend of Backlash, which has yep. apparently just been shelved for the time being, and no replacement has been announced. So, I kind of wonder what the what the issue is behind the doors. You know, just have like an an interest in the corporate you know yeah. structure there. I wonder if it was an issue with the city and they couldn't get zoning or something, or if they were making noise. It know, has warrants or something. It sounds like it has something to do with the Saudi Arabia show that's going to be taking place in June now. So gotcha. they have a deal to God do. Damn with it! The it's always the Saudis. It's always the Saudis. I don't know what kind of deal they have with the Saudis, where the Saudis just tell them when to come and then they have to come because that's what it seems like. Because well, when they, they have trillions and trillions of dollars. Yeah, I, I mean whatever. that's a lot of money. It's just I would have assumed they would be allowed to like say, hey, we're going to have this in six months. We'll be there in six months. But the fact that they would reshuffle their schedule in this way and scrap a bunch of shows apparently yeah. to work around suddenly they decide saudi arabia needs to happen in june that makes me wonder if the saudis just told them like we want you here in june so come in june and they're like i hope it's not an outdoor so venue. i wonder why would that. you want to be in saudi arabia in june Ooh, yeah that would be terrible in the oh, middle of the you. summer <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> no, idea you. yeah uh now i imagine it'll be at the uh, you know whatever the name of the stadium is that's named after their horrible authoritarian regime uh hopefully they don't propagandize on behalf of the saudi government this time <laughs> it seemed like they might have been cleaning that up after the backlash after yeah. the first saudi show yeah. uh but thank you saudis and people of san jose you just got screwed out of two shows uh because the saudis have to be taken care of even though the people that are paying the money in saudi arabia for these shows to happen don't actually know who anyone is apparently the last time they came to saudi arabia High-ranking Saudi officials that organized the whole thing were asking where Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were. Uh, <laughs> so that's about their knowledge of wrestling, uh, that were just sacrificing the whole schedule to bend to their needs. I wonder how they feel about like some of the best wrestlers in the WWE right now. And, you know, legacy-wise, were Iranian. I feel like that that would be a sticking mm, point. Yeah. Actually, I think it was. I, there was a Saudi show a few years ago where I believe the Davari brothers, who were Iranian, yeah. came out with an Iranian flag and were waving around as a heel move. Wow. And apparently there was some heavy heat. Wow. And <laughs> apparently they... As they were leaving the stadium, their safety was threatened. So yeah. that did not go over well. So that is a concern for sure. Yeah. I don't think the Davari brothers have been back to any of the Saudi shows since that time. Yeah, and I might it might not have been the Saudi show. I think it was. Uh, Mustafa Ali, who's Pakistani, mm-hmm. you know, there was outrage from the Pakistanis mm. that were fans because they wanted him to come out with a flag as mm-hmm. well and represent Pakistan. But he's he said he quoted something like, you know, I think, you know, nationality is divisive for yeah. people and i'd rather be uniting people or something along those lines which is cool yeah. I, I love mustafa he's Ali. living the gimmick um <laughs> even without the gimmick i like the guy he did yeah he's a great guy. guy he's a great um, guy 
So I just I just wonder how much uh, inside fighting there is with yeah. the organizers and whatnot, just yeah. because of all these politics and whatnot. This whole Saudi situation is super depressing and gross. Um, and the other news item, Luke Harper has requested his release, as we mentioned in the intro. Um, he hasn't been used since he came back from injury. Uh, he was apparently sitting, he's apparently been healthy for a couple months now. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't even show up at any house shows until about a month and a half ago, uh, where he showed up and wrestled like one match. And since that time he wrestled at Worlds Collide and had a match against Dominique Dijakovic, which was an awesome match. Um, but that's about all he's done. And he is 39 and he's made clear that. He thinks he has a couple good years in him, and he wants to get the most out of him that he can before he's over the cliff and can't go anymore. Uh, he's got a family and kids, and he's, he wants his kids to see him wrestling and be capable of still putting on good wrestling while yeah. they're at this age that they can appreciate it, which they weren't at that age a few years ago. So it sounds like he wants to make the most of his time right now, and sitting and catering in a WWE locker room is apparently not, not the best it. use of his time. Yeah. He did post a very affable, amicable message. He did not bash the WWE. He was very sincere and authentic and how he's feeling um, and announcing that he did request his release, which, you know, is also a way to get a little leverage towards getting that release granted if everybody knows about it. Yeah. So, um, but it, a very heartfelt message and I, I you know, I, I hope they grant it to him instead of forcing him to stay on the roster for a while and then uh, not use him during that time and yeah. devalue him and take away one of his last years. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I am hearing some whispers that WWE will not only force him to stay for the rest of his contract, but will actually add time to it because he was out injured, which is something that John Oliver covered on last week tonight, where they have a clause where they can freeze yeah. your contract for the amount of time that you're out injured. And he was just out for months, so they might even tack that on if yeah. they're going to be really mean-spirited about it. I hope that's not what they do. Um, they are... They are exercising their muscles with these contracts a little bit more lately with AEW on the horizon and getting yeah. ready to start a yeah, weekly TV show. So that's what I was going to bring that's up. That's pretty concerning. Know, with both him and Sasha, mm -hmm. you know, primarily, I think they're, I think they're a little afraid of AEW. Not, not in a, you know, they're going to bring us down entirely type of way, right. but more in a, they're going to take a big chunk of our market if they succeed. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that. We don't want another WCW rival, you know, for a decade Although it kind of resulted in kind of the best era of WWE, at least classically, mm. um, I I kind of wonder if they're just going to be dicks about it from here on out because AEW is premiering in May. Mm -hmm. Their uh, their events are almost here, and they already have a ton of older WWE you know exiles and people that just left the company and they've got some elite um, talents too they've got the young bucks and kenny omega over there who some yeah. people think is the best wrestler in the world yeah. so they've got some and if they can grab a couple names from wwe that people know that is more eyes from the wwe audience specifically they're already going to have a nice core smart crowd that's yeah. going to be watching them out of interest but absolutely that crowd would be watching them in wwe no matter what yeah if you can grab some of those casual fans by grabbing a dean ambrose by grabbing a sasha banks potentially by grabbing a luke harper yeah. You know, that'll help them. And I think. And they got a billionaire behind them, too. They do. They have the funds. They have a guy that's richer than Vince. They've got a hundred million dollars and a hundred million dollars in seed money. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I think and WWE has been kind of hit and miss on these release requests. So they granted one to Ty Dillinger. They granted one to Hideo Itami. Uh, they granted one to uh, I'm not sure if 
TJP asked for a release or if he was just released, but uh, they've granted a couple and then they've said no to a couple. They said no to the Revival, um, and the Revival responded by just saying, well, fine, we'll just wrestle for the rest of our contract, but we're not signing a new deal. Um, which, speaking of which, apparently the Revival will be meeting with WWE again to discuss a potential new contract. They've already been offered a boatload of money to stay, uh, and so far they've said no, so we'll see if they can get any movement there. But um, they've been WWE has definitely been a little hit and miss, but for the most part, their strategy has been lock everybody up for as long as possible. Even if we're not going to use them, we just don't want the competition to have them. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of sucks from you know a star standpoint mm-hmm. and from a fan standpoint because right. you don't get to see them. Right. right. And exactly. a lot of them are in the prime of their careers, and yep. we're not seeing them because contract issues and yep. competition fears. Yep. So it kind of hurts everybody involved. It's a and bummer. Honestly, I think it's going to hurt the WWE in the long run because you're going to alienate so many of these private contractors you hire Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. contractors Mm -hmm. contractors not Uh, employees so it's 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 a problem we'll see if it ever gets solved i Mm -hmm. doubt it but Mm -hmm. you know at least as long as uh vince is in charge um so i think that's all the news correct it's all the news all right so just real quickly let's talk about the main talking points uh from the the smarky shows um you know, we had uh, the New Day come out, and uh, Kofi challenged Seth Rollins for the belts um, to take both belts, kind of in a Becky Lynch, you know, mirror episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kofi guess. two belts. Um, and then they had their match, and then, as you would expect, uh, uh, an interruption, and it didn't matter, so nobody gets the belt. And but as not as you would not expect, the freaking bar, yeah. for some reason, why randomly, do they care? Yeah, I guess they... <laughs> I guess the bar just wanted the belts to stay separate for some reason. Okay. Um, and then, of course, the smarky, you know, this is bullshit. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, but uh, CM Punk in protest. What did we really expect? Uh, Lars Sullivan has been showing up on pretty much all the shows, uh, just destroying people randomly. Um, whoever he wants, really. Women involved. Uh, yeah. Or as I like to call him, the Mr. Tumnus experience. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have the ongoing, extremely cringeworthy, uh, Becky two belts thing that's been forced down our throats for a t-shirt opportunity. They've got t-shirts to sell. They've got two different Becky two belt t-shirts. It was so obvious that Corey (laughs) literally said, that sounds like a t-shirt. Yep. It is. And now it is. Yeah. Uh, And of course, they've been forcing it every week. Poor Becky. And it was so awkward and I hate it. It's not her fault. Poor Becky. It's bad. Um, we had Dean Ambrose with his final match in the WWE for Which now. Which was not a match. And it was garbage. Uh, he faced Bobby Lashley. And uh, nothing happened. So what was the point? Uh, I did enjoy the the line, uh, be sure to take care of your wife for you. Oh, yes. Was, yeah, Lashley. Really I was like, damn. In there. Like, damn. <laughs> I actually, I dug that. It was a nice little part by Lashley. Um And there was some weird chance going on that I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> There's some thank you, Ambrose. You still suck. <laughs> it was just Chani- chanting at Baron Corbin to shut the fuck up. Yeah, pretty good. You yeah. gotta admit, I-, I really do like smart. Smart crowds. crowds are fun. They are. 
They're a little dickish at times with the CM Punk and everything, but then at other times they're just hilarious and great. So I really yeah. like smart crowds. And, you know, any smart crowd beats Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> Lafayette was Go watch Lafayette awful. again if you have a By problem way, with smart crowds. SmackDown, we're going to it tomorrow, is coming to Columbus for the first time in four years. Four years, How yeah. is that possible? I don't know. This is a huge market. Yeah. And they're awesome WWE fans in Ohio. Yeah, Raw was here um, last year. They've, they've had pay-per-views and they've had Raw here. Yeah, they haven't house had, shows. Yeah, yeah, house shows. But for some reason, NXT. SmackDown's been yeah, NXT here. Yeah, NXT was here. Fastlane, but was SmackDown here a year ago. just avoids us like the plague, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um. So really hoping that uh, we got a good crowd tomorrow because I want them yes. to come back. Columbus a lot, crowds are usually SmackDown solid. is the best show. Yes. Um. We had Sami Zayn return from his injury, Fantastic. and uh, it was fun. He yeah. Had, his, he had his first match was against Finn Balor, and it was really fucking tits. Really good. And match. I enjoyed it. And a fantastic promo afterwards. I absolutely love this heel turn they're going with for him, where he's just going after all of us smarks that ruin the product by constantly tearing it down and criticizing everything. I just love how aware he is of it, and he's yeah. such a good promo. I really, really like this character work from Sammy. Yeah. So uh, just some good stuff all around. Again, great smarky crowds. Um, we had a, an appearance from The Undertaker, which the is really man. awesome. Uh, he came out and uh, basically killed Elias. So that was he fun. He did. That was he fun. He did. And uh, that's pretty much all we got from Raw from that week. Um, I think I mixed up my notes on this one. There we go. Okay, so SmackDown, we got the whole celebration for Kofi, basically. Uh, Black Shea did their thing. And then uh, we got some random RKOs out of nowhere. Um, and a random KO stunner out of nowhere, yeah, too. Yeah, on Rusev. And by the just... way, Rusev is the best seller of the stunner in the business. If uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen his WrestleMania stunner that he sold against Steve Austin, he did the same thing for KO this time, and he's just so perfect at it. Yeah, <laughs> He's uh, a savant you, at the stunner sell. You got to do the springboard. <laughs> yes, it's the only exactly. way to sell the stunner. The Scott Hall style. Yeah. Uh, we had various people. We had... Smojo attacking people for the fun of it. Uh, we had Shane Mack coming out with a black eye, which was fun. We did have a monster movie moment with Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman fighting each other, so that was interesting. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why Braun was there. I guess it was just supposed to for let everybody know it, anything can happen, I yeah. think is pretty much this message they were going for, but seeing him brawl with Joe briefly was very B-monster movie, and I dug it. Yep. Um, and so the, really, the only big things that came out of this is that uh, the Hardy Boys took the Usos' title belt, which mm -hmm. basically told everybody, hey, the Usos are moving. Yeah. So Why else would they drop it uh, on TV? It was just a really weird time to do it. Yeah. So obviously that's the reason why the Hardy Boys are the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions now. Uh, again, we have Becky Lynch come out and again do the Becky Two Belts thing, which is awful, and I hate it, and I want it to go away, just like I want Lacey Evans to go away. Uh, Lacey Evans came out and uh, continued oh. to... No. Uh, came out and did their little feud uh, again, which did happen on Raw, but it continued on SmackDown because that's what we need, more Lacey Evans. Yeah, that's the rest of SmackDown. Um, do, 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 do. And then we had uh, the New Day fight the bar and McIntyre. Uh, McIntyre just appeared, I guess. And, McIntyre uh, just disappeared halfway through that match, which was interesting. I guess yeah. they decided they wanted to protect him, so they just pulled him halfway through. That's as if, fine, I guess. And just hope no one would notice. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I said it was cool, but it was really sloppy all throughout. Mm -hmm. And, I and we lost Big E. Yeah, we lost Big E in the match, so... But you got Big O because of it. So. Got Big O. 
Uh, Love Big O. Hopefully you feel good about that. Big, Big O fan. Uh, 205 Live, we just had some uh, stuff going on with Gentleman Jack Gallagher and uh, Humberto Carrillo with their their mentor, uh, Gulak, who was being a dick, and eventually leads to a whole feud between them all. There's a story on 205 Live, everyone. There's an actual story. And it's actually pretty fun. I like it. I enjoy it. I like it. Um... And then we got another Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese match, which was pretty good, but... Um, I thought it was much more than pretty good. I felt it should have been on WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> it blew the WrestleMania match out of the water, Yeah, which was nice. It was an awesome match, and I loved it. It was fantastic. I, uh, I felt like the pin was kind of anticlimactic at the end, though. I felt like it just suddenly came to an end for no like good hmm. build-up reason. I don't know. I like a little bit more build-up. Uh, at the end there and there just wasn't any crash it was just great match great match great match then it gets a little slow then it ends and i was like oh okay um then nxt nothing really big happened the street profits got the opportunity for the tag team title match and that was it i gave it a pretty low grade now the street profits faced european union yep and uh i, I thought that was a really good match i hate so it you can feel free to watch that i thought it sucked okay I've never thought a European Union match sucked, and I didn't think that one did. Uh, we disagree on that. I'm not a big fan of European Union, and Street Profits I like a little more, but uh, that just wasn't their best match, in my opinion. Um, so that was pretty much it. Uh, again, the only real thing you got to be concerned with from the Smarkamania was uh, the title exchange between the Usos and the Hardy mm-hmm. Boys, mm-hmm. and then that led into the Superstar Shakeup. So Yeah, everything was kind of in a holding pattern to prepare for the Shakeup, I think, so yep. that's why there weren't a lot of real plot developments. And really, the only people that were doing some big time wrestling were, you know, Kofi and the New Day mm. and, um, you know, <laughs> The Bar mm-hmm. and Blackashay. Mm-hmm. Seemed like they were doing a lot of the heavy lifting um, for both of those shows while everybody else just kind of did congratulatory stuff and then feud beginning stuff and then Superstar Shake Up, you know, hinting stuff. Mm-hmm. That was about it. Um, so. First day of Superstar Shakeup, we got Raw. Uh, we got Triple H and Seth Rollins coming out, talking about things, and Triple H addressing how Seth Rollins is the champion, and uh, that has ma- made a target on his Wrong back. Wrong week. Wrong week. Are you sure? Yes. Mm, yeah, you're right. This one started with Stephanie and Shane. Mm, I don't have notes then. Oh. I don't know where they are. Shall I lead? I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So to start Raw this week, we had Stephanie and Shane McMahon coming out to hype out the Superstar Shake-Up. I thought we had a pretty hot crowd, uh, which was immediately evident in loud CM Punk and You Suck chants. Which has Uh, been going on for like three weeks up to this point. uh, Welcome to Montreal, Shane and Stephanie. Montreal, always welcoming of those McMahons. Uh, They just love the McMahons in Montreal. Uh, So good welcome for them. Uh, That promo went way too long, I thought. I thought that was part of the reason the crowd started getting really hostile, was just that they were going on and on, and Uh, nobody cared what they had to say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Raw is the... Raw is the king of long, useless opening promos to start every show. Um, But uh, eventually, the promo was interrupted by The Miz being the first announced move in the Superstar Shake-Up. The Miz has come. 
every year. It's a Monday year. Night Raw. <laughs> so so uh, The Miz showed up, attacked Shane, got himself busted open, was bleeding pretty bad Yeah, the which made an segment. awesome shot, which I'll probably use for the thumbnail. Yeah. It was an awesome shot where he's got the blood streaming down his face, Shane's retreating, and he's got the chair with the dent in it from uh-huh. where he bashed Shane. Yeah, pretty badass. Awesome. I love it. Pretty badass. So obviously the Miz-Shane storyline will continue. I think Miz will be a great addition to Raw. I think Raw has been lacking in charisma as far as its personalities go. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins has a ton of talent, but not a lot of charisma. Uh, Roman Reigns does not have a ton of charisma. Uh, it seems like, besides Elias, <laughs> there really wasn't a ton of charisma on Raw, so I think that uh, The Miz will definitely bring that in spades. So yep. I thought that was a good first pickup to kick it off. Um, after that, the next announcements, Ricochet and Aleister Black were both announced as members of Raw permanently. Uh, something that was really annoying about this whole night was that Michael Cole didn't seem to know who, if anybody was really coming to Raw or not. Every <laughs> single announcement basically... <laughs> to be fair, they reneged on a lot of it. They did renege on some of it. But every single announcement, he basically just said, Are you kidding me? Are they coming to Raw? Is this happening? Is this really ha- You tell me. I'm the viewer. You're presenting this to yeah. me. Why don't you tell me if it's happening? Yeah, so that's a problem. It was every single one was the same reaction from Cole, just being bewildered. Is this really happening? Um, yes, it's really happening. Ricochet and Aleister Black to Raw. Uh, they teamed with what I'll call Rockins just Ryder and Hawkins, the reigning <laughs> Raw Tag Team Champions, yep. uh, against Revival and the newly, the main roster debuting War Raid Viking Experience. Oh, no. Wow. Uh, yeah, the internet uh, was not happy, and neither was I. When I heard the theme music, I was marking out, and the second I saw that name, yep. my marking was instantly killed. Well, how are, you, how are you going to change the name when the fans are all shouting, war, war, yeah, war? Yeah. They're literally shouting their name. Yeah, they all know who they are. They're literally the reigning NXT Tag Team Champions. They are reigning champions in your company right now. You put the titles on them. It's a problem. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Corey Graves was certainly throwing some shade about the whole thing throughout. I think he acknowledged how ridiculous the whole thing was. He said things like, uh, yeah, you better learn these guys' names because they're here now. And Yeah, uh, well, we know. already know their names, so, and they, it is not what you were trying to force them to yeah. be. Everything I'm hearing is that this is a total Vince thing. Shocker. Uh, apparently, they had another name change in mind for them, which was the Berserkers, which I would have been cool with. It's still not as good as War Raiders, but I would have been cool with name. it. It's fine. Um, I don't know why they don't want They're War Raiders. They're already in the WWE in some way, shape, or form. We don't yeah. need to change the name. I, I, I don't really know why they felt the need to change the name, but if you're going to change it, you got to do better than Viking Experience. It sounds like a Swedish male escort agency. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, so they did make their debut, though. I thought this was a fun match, and... Yeah. Uh, I'm calling them War Raiders. War Raiders got the victory <laughs> with their tandem leg drop finisher, the Fallout. Um, so they did. They were made to look strong. They pinned the champs. Yeah. So I like all of that. Apparently, they are going to be heels on the main roster because they did have a heel yep. role in this match, uh, which yeah. I think suits their characters a little better anyway. And I did um, note that Black Ashay is finally getting some chemistry going, mm-hmm. just in time to be broken apart. Yeah, it works out perfectly. <laughs> well done. Um, but yeah, War Raiders got the pin. So we got Miz, Ricochet, Alistair Black, and War Raiders at this point in the show. Uh, before we moved on to our next match, it was also just announced in sort of uh, a throw from the announce table that Cedric Alexander is coming to Raw. Yep, coming from um, 205 Live, yes. the face of 205 Live, really. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, the franchise player. I'm glad he's going to the main main roster, but I got nothing on my Hulu cut, mm. and that sucks because yeah. he's so awesome and people have no idea what they're 
what they're in for. Yeah, he's and a, again, such a good performer. The disrespect. Yeah. Disrespect. Such a good performer. I do worry about him because he is just one of many people that doesn't have much of a character and doesn't have much going on yeah. the mic. He's another guy just just totally just lacks charisma in the ring, but not is an so incredible much performer. Yeah. Uh, so I worried he'll get lost in the shuffle for that reason. But if you haven't seen the guy wrestle, watch out for him on Raw because his matches are just unbelievable consistently. Yeah. He's a phenomenal overall athlete, one of the most talented in-ring performers in the company. Um, so hopefully he doesn't get stuck in catering. I would like to see him be a regular contributor. So we'll just keep an eye on that. Absolutely. Uh, then we had a match between the Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor versus a debuting Andrade to Monday Night Raw, which means Zelina Vega also to Monday Night of Raw. Course. Um, they put out a really good match, I thought. I thought this was really, really good stuff from the two of them. I was a little yeah. surprised to Which, see Andrade pinning the champion. Um, he did. It was dirty. Of course, it's because Vega yeah. interrupted. It was, and it was dirty, but it was surprising to see the champion get pinned. I think that is something that people complain about. A lot. This was this is the second match, and in both of the first matches, the champions got pinned. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand you need to make the new guys look good to build them up, um, but it is concerning when your champions start racking up those losses in non-title yeah. matches because it does not make the belts look good. No. Um, but in isolation, it was fine, and it was a really good match. I didn't mind as much just because of the dirty play. You know, if if not for Selena, then okay, yeah, I would, I'd be like, that's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they've also been shitting on Andrade and making him eat pins left and right for about two and a half months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to see Andrade yeah. get a nice little push Absolutely. and have a have a great match with Finn Balor. Yep. And after watching Finn Balor fight these fucking assholes on Raw for weeks and weeks with yeah. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Uh, 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 Drew McIntyre, just the slow giant brutes. Yes, that's not what Finn's good at. Yeah, he brings out the best that he can out of those guys, but you know, let's face it, it's just not a great matchup. Mm -hmm. You know, um, having him face a dynamic guy like Andrade just brought out the best of both of them. Totally, I thought it was awesome. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Um, so it was great to see that Andrade and Raw was like, oh wow, this is going to upgrade the show a lot. Yeah. But it doesn't stick. Spoiler for the following week. Yeah, unfortunately. Thanks uh, a lot, Charlotte. But we might get to see more Finn Balor and Andrade matches. That's true. Possibly in the future for reasons we don't yet know. <laughs> uh, okay. Then we had an Elias promo. He, uh, of course, had to go for that cheap heat, as he always does. He is the yep. king of cheap heat. Yep. Uh, took a shot about the Canadians not being in the playoffs and got Excellent. some nuclear booze. Yep. And there was uh, a lot of Canadians jerseys in the crowd. Yeah. You're already out of the playoffs. Why are you wearing it's Canadian Montreal, jerseys? Man. It's always Canadian Wear season. Wear WWE <laughs> stuff. You know, if you got no. relevant sports teams, okay. See, I don't mind it when they're in the building of the team. That's Bam. my only exception Bam. that I make. They're in the Central Bam. Bell. The Central Bell. Uh, so I was okay with it. What I didn't like was all the Canadians jerseys we saw in the WrestleMania crowd in New York City, which no. is retarded. Like, I am a big Blue Jackets fan. The Blue Jackets are currently 1-1 one one in the second round of the playoffs after sweeping the President's Trophy winners. Insane. Uh, I will still not be wearing a Blue Jackets jersey no. to a wrestling show no. tomorrow. No. Which is at Schottenstein, which isn't Nationwide st- uh, Arena, but they are playing a game at the same time, and I'll probably be looking on my phone uh, <laughs> in between matches. If you're spending 50 bucks on a ticket, spend $15 on a shirt. Yes. Enjoy it. <laughs> wear a hat. Wear a hat if you have to. I'll wear my hat. Uh, so this promo led into Rey Mysterio being the next announced member of Monday Night Raw, uh, who came out and beat up Elias a little bit. Um, so another a- addition to the mid card, more talent on the mid card. I I thought then we I had thought, Lars Sullivan come out and we did do things. 
I thought coming into this, Raw's biggest needs were tag teams and mid-carders. And so I was really encouraged right off the bat up to this point that everything yeah. they added to start was tag teams and mid-carders. Yeah. Uh, so really good start for Raw, I thought. Then, yes, Lars Sullivan made his appearance uh, to beat up Rey Mysterio because he, Mr. Tumnus just beats people up at, at random, uh, <laughs> yep. seemingly untargeted. He's just a roaming monster for the time being. Yeah. I was a big fan of this move because I want to see more Rey Mysterio versus Andrade stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's not going to happen, but but <laughs> it was it was the the thought process in my mind when I was watching, mm-hmm. and I, I was really excited when he came out. Yeah, I thought I thought I, I still think it'll be an important addition that Raw really needed in that mid card because I just can't stand Absolutely. much more Bobby Lashley, yeah. Finn Balor, which seems to be all their mid card has had. Meanwhile, SmackDown has had one of the best mid cards of all time the last yeah. few months, so they definitely needed Very some of those guys. Yep. They needed some of those guys. Next, we had a tag match, so we had Glorious come out, uh, cut a little promo about uh, wondering if there were any tag teams that wanted to step up to the plate and so welcome to the uso penitentiary of course thanks to wwe's uh tv truck people the usos debut on raw was spoiled for the home audience because they introduced the glorious as the usos uh but the usos showed up to raw as we expected when they dropped the belts to the hardy boys a week prior and again more excellent talent for the tag team division where raw really really was lacking i will say this the usos got the win in the end but they made Glavorius look really good. Mm-hmm. Like, Glavorius was dominating most of the match, mm-hmm. and yeah. they looked awesome. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. I appreciate that the Usos, and a lot of their recent matches, have even if they win, which they usually do, yeah, they still make everybody else yes. look awesome. Yep. And they don't mind putting their egos in a box for yep. a, a match or two. And total pros. I love total it. Total pros. I love it. They make their opponents look like a million bucks, and that is total professional behavior. I will say one. So this was a short, decent match. Um, obviously, they didn't have a ton of time. The Usos pinned Chad Gable with their double splash tandem finisher. Uh, I will just nitpick, take another shot at Michael Cole. Do not make Uso crazy a thing. Please, Michael, Cole. You are way too lame and dorky. You're making the Usos uncool with your Uso crazy. Yeah. Do not make that a thing. If I start hearing that every single week, I'm going to blow my brains out. I was tolerant of Michael Cole, <sighs> but then after hearing the whole Pat McAfee incident, now I just hate him. <laughs> I just hate him. I've like, o- before, I was like, okay, I understand why he's there. He's been there forever. I get it. Fine. I'll just yeah. tolerate it. It's fine. You know, Obviously, Corey Graves carries the show for the most part. Yeah. I just, but I, I'm so sick of him now. I just can't. <laughs> now, I, now, not only do I see him as kind of a shitty announcer that's just been there for legacy, but now I just don't like the guy. Yeah. I just straight up don't like the guy. He just doesn't. He just always, he finds something to cling to, and he just beats it into the ground, into the ground, into the ground, until you can't take it anymore. And if that becomes ooh so crazy, it's the worst Michael Coleism yet. Uh, after this, we had a moment of bliss segment with Sami Zayn, who got an enormous response from the Montreal crowd. Enormous! Yeah. They were all singing his theme song. His music three, three times. Three times he danced all the way to the ring and then back up to the ramp before hitting the music a third time. When they sung louder with each progressive time, so the Montreal crowd obviously we expected they would give huge receptions on both nights to both Sami Zayn and yep. Kevin Owens, who are the two prides of yep. French Canada and wrestling. Yep. So that was really really cool that he and just I soaked did, it in. I did put my notes Zayn is disgustingly Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very Canadian. And he looks it with his stupid whatever kind of hat that is. And uh, yeah, great stuff. Soaked it in, soaked in the love. Really fun party atmosphere when he came out. So I I love the fact that they gave so much time to let him really fully lean into it instead of trying to rush him through. So that was great. Then when he did his turn in the audience, they instantly abandoned him. No problem. Yeah. 
it was so perfectly done by Zayn. He just had the crowd in the palm of his hand from the yeah. second he came out, just playing up their love, playing up the love, playing up the love, just fully getting Dropping everybody on the their anvil. feet, getting the electricity at a maximum high just so he could shit in their faces and just totally <laughs> destroy the party. Uh, it was just so fantastically done by Sammy to yeah. get maximum maximum love when he came out and turn it into maximum nuclear heat. Uh, so gr- another great promo from him. I love this character that great. Sammy's doing right now. I'm loving it it's, too. It's, it might be the most compelling thing on Raw for me right now. I just, I love yeah. this Sammy. So can't wait to see more I of would, him. You know, he's going to be on Raw, but I kind of wish he was on SmackDown just so he and Daniel Bryan, uh, hoping that Daniel Bryan comes back, could have their own little kind of villainous, yeah. you know, like criticizing the audience yes. for being polluters and wasteful you people they're both so you people yeah i love it i love it Uh, i think i have a type for villain casting yeah i think so too i think Uh, you like people that hate people because they remind you of you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's pretty much it there was also some nice uh crowd trolling from andrade earlier where they talked about how you know Andrade was also multilingual, yeah, and he will adra- address the audience oh, yes. in their native tongue, <laughs> and then he just starts shouting insults in Spanish. Yeah. He just he just said like bonjour, <laughs> and then he went right to Spanish. It was su- such good trolling. I, I enjoyed that. Just a side note, but I yeah, enjoyed it a lot. That, that was that was hilarious. Uh, okay, so next, so earlier in the night there was actually a promo where <laughs> the Iconics, who are growing on me, came up to Bailey and sung her "Hey Hey Bailey" Ooh, ah, song to mock <laughs> the fact that Sasha Banks wasn't it's there. So fun. Uh, so Sasha Banks wasn't in the house. Bailey was portrayed as trying to get a hold of her or not get and not getting the calls answered and not getting calls back. Iconics came up to kind of rib her about Sasha's absence, which we'll talk about later. Um, and uh, Bailey essentially snapped at them and said. You know, if you guys want to fight, I'll see you in the ring and I'll find another partner. So, yeah. foreshadowing, there would be another move. Uh, that move turned out to be Naomi. So, we got Naomi and Bailey versus the Iconics. Um, uh, pretty, it was, it was okay. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of any of these four except Bailey when it comes to in ring work. I think Naomi is good, not great. She's just kind of, she's. A B player. <laughs> wow. Uh, she's a B player, Gonna which I don't Kofi mean insulting. Her. Wow. No, not even B plus. B. Wow. Uh, I'm just, I don't think she's that good. I think she's very athletic and has a couple cool moves in her arsenal. And she did win this match with her split leg and moonsault, which is the coolest thing in her arsenal. I don't think she does great emotional character work. I don't think she tells a great story. I think she just kind of hits some cool stuff and then sure. that, that hopes that that carries her. And I'm not a fan of the Iconics in the ring at all, particularly Billy Kay, who is just... I like them when they're doing their their whole shtick. As long as they're sticking to their shtick, I enjoy it. Their their in ring psychology is fun because of the how good they are at immersing themselves in their snarky, annoying characters. Yeah. But Peyton Royce is pretty good, though. I, I think pa- I think Peyton Royce is okay. I think she's passable. I would like rate her average. Billy Kay is egregiously bad, though, and and that brings their average down for me. <laughs> uh, so just not a fan of any of these people in the ring except Bailey. Um, but Naomi got the pin, like I said. So Naomi's on Raw. That was the next announcement. We got Naomi. Yep. Uh, then we got Bray Wyatt's puppet making an appearance again. Uh, now, is this, an, is this an established thing that I'm unaware of? 
Because as I was watching this, I was like, what the fuck is this? I think Mercy it's the so Buzzard. Awkward. I think Mercy the Buzzard has been seen before, affiliated with Bray Wyatt in some way, but it hasn't been like a major part of his gimmick before. Okay. I think he has had something to do with Mercy but Mercy the Buzzard in the past, and any of our audience members can correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe they can if any of you know more of the background there, maybe you can provide it to us. Um but uh, basically, just so far, it's Mercy the Buzzard coming out of a steaming box and laughing is all we've got so far. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Bray Wyatt's another guy that came back from injury, had some great appearances, and then just disappeared again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, we saw it, him twice. It, no one else has seen him. Yeah, it. we saw him live. <laughs> um, we saw him twice. No one else has seen him at all. Yeah. So, so. don't know. We'll see where they go with that. Um, next, we had EC3 versus Braun Strowman. Uh, EC3 and his position deep within Vince's doghouse <laughs> continues to be confirmed every time he makes an appearance on the rare occasions he makes an appearance. Yeah. Uh, didn't even have a match, just got pummeled by Braun Strowman uh, all over the ring, then up the ramp, and then got powerbombed off the stage. Uh, so, EC3, I don't know what you did, but uh, you better... See if you can maybe send Vince some edible arrangements or something to see if you can try to smooth that over because yeah. he's clearly once not a again, fan. He didn't get to talk pretty much. Didn't at get all. to talk. No, but just uh, he's on Raw, I guess. So yeah. yay. So just obviously a jobber at this point after being the top guy in Impact. <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, so as Braun Strowman was leaving, the man made her entrance uh, and kind of looked at his handiwork in a way I thought was pretty amusing. She kind of eyed him and then looked at EC3 over the stage. Was like, oh, not bad. Yeah, and then just kept walking yeah, so I thought, entertaining. I thought that was a fun moment uh so the result of the man so the man cut a brief little promo becky two belts blah 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 slap the head off dopes Please. typical same promo every week her twitter game is so good because she has creative control there and yet on tv they script everything for her and then she's just it slapped sucks. the head off dopes becky two belts and it nothing sucks. else i just don't care anymore so the results uh the man came out for a match with ruby riot it was a decent match i thought not great i thought it could have been better considering how good ruby riot is and you know becky is somebody who is physically limited in the ring but can put on a really good match when she's yep. got a good opponent and tells a really good story and does good character work you yep. know as good as anybody i would say <laughs> in the women's division um but this match was just okay felt like it could have used more time um but ultimately ruby did uh did tap to the disarmor uh, and then Becky did wipe out the rest of the Riot Squad post-match, so the Riot Squad continues to look totally incompetent, which, you know, is fine because, spoiler alert, they are no more. Yep. Um, so I don't know if you want to comment on that before I move on to the rest of what happened in Got the segment. Got nothing much to Got say. Nothing. There just, wasn't a lot going on. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care about Becky anymore. I'm just done. <laughs> it was fine. And it's not because of her. It's because of the way yes. this has all been handled. One of the best performers that they've had in a while, and they are just totally taking all the fun out of her yep uh we had natalia arrive which was kind of random um but she decided to step up and challenge becky for her raw women's championship becky was getting ready to accept that challenge before as usual the interrupter of all interrupters lacey evans made her way to the ring Fuck lacey um, evans which was also confirmation that lacey evans is assigned to the raw brand um she challenged natalia to a number one's number one contenders match I hate to tread on this territory, but I'm going to have to say nice things about Lacey Evans real quick. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, sore subject. I also I also have to acknowledge that there's some fun aspects uh, yeah. about the thing. I thought her promo to challenge Natalia was not really good. Anymore. Yeah, I thought her I thought her <laughs> promo was really good. I really thought it was entertaining. I think she is good at the acting and character part. I don't love her character. It just seems kind of retro. It doesn't feel 
organic. Um, I think that's the point, but, though. But as far as the character goes, I think she's doing as well with it as you can possibly do. I just yeah. really, really liked her promo here. It got me actually kind of interested to see more from Lacey on the mic because uh, I thought it was a good promo. And then yeah. I thought the match with Natalia wasn't that bad. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. And the finish with the moonsault, I thought that was a sick moonsault from Lacey Evans to finish yeah. this match. That was, that was a good. really nice move. So to start the match with what I thought was a really good promo from her and then to finish the match with this moonsault that I haven't seen from her before that was really well executed, I thought. Yeah. It got me a little more interested to see more of Lacey Evans. Yeah. So I, there's a lot. All right. I got to take back okay. some of the stuff I've been saying. Goose Brava. And my rage about <laughs> Lacey Evans interrupting everything and taking away all the momentum of everything for months mm -hmm. where she would come out, do her stupid wave, and then walk out for no fucking reason mm -hmm. and just take the air out of everything that was happening. Mm -hmm. um, if this ends, all that pageantry bullshit, I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the color kind of a uh, sophisticated Southern belle, yeah. you know, going up against the rough and kind of revolutionary Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. I think it's a cool dynamic and I get it's kind it of is. old school, but I actually enjoy it for that reason. Mm -hmm. Cause it's, it's obviously playing up the contrast of the woman's revolution mm -hmm. with Becky uh, Lynch and her kind of badass, don't care about what you think attitude, mm -hmm. and the exact opposite with yeah. Lacey Evans, kind of Southern Belle, yes. where we care about appearances and you know all of these things. And it's this almost is... a microcosm of the culture clash, yeah. like even broadly beyond wrestling, yeah. where you've got the the strong, independent. I'm making my own way. I'm not just the top woman. I'm the man. I'm even top among the men too yeah like i am totally blazing this trail and totally don't need anyone and then, the and then you've got opposite the mother who Evans. goes on twitter and talks about oh yeah i just finished work and then went home and made my husband a sandwich like a lady should do yeah so you've just got a microcosm of the culture yeah. clash going on here and, and both I, are so good on the mic that they they they're able to hold up these two you know characters in such a powerful way yeah. i really like the dynamic I do. which is so i'm actually you know as much as I hate to admit it, I'm, a, I'm actually enjoying her dynamic wow. with Becky Lynch. I'm not Jeez. enjoying Becky Lynch's side of it because, again, they keep pushing this corporate kind of look to her and mm. this co corporate performance and the T-shirts and the fucking you know quotes that we're trying yeah. to sell. I that I don't like, but uh, the whole dynamic, you know, alpha versus beta, you know, kind of dynamic going on. I I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I even like the the name of her her punch her sucker punch the woman's yes, right the woman's right yes I, that is one just, of the best name finishers again, there is playing into yeah. what this whole dynamic is yep. I'm I'm loving it yeah I am too and uh, you know usually right after WrestleMania with your top champ you're gonna get a filler feud and if this is the filler feud this is as good a filler feud as I think you're gonna yeah. do before you move on Becky to face yeah. somebody a little bigger and so, it's a good test for Lacey Evans who's brand new who's yeah. still pretty green didn't even have a ton of time in NXT starting from scratch so it's a good test for her let's see if she can hold her own so far i think she has yeah so i give Lacey evans a lot of credit she's playing the character well you know i kind of wish she would play a little bit more into the southern bell thing like mm -hmm. a little harder on the accent and everything mm -hmm. i don't think she's quite got it it's mm -hmm. a little too subtle right now but i'm still enjoying it a lot so. yeah yeah me too uh and then in our main event we had we had scheduled lashley corbin and mcintyre or as i call them every villain is lemons uh <laughs> to go against uh the wet hair experience roman reigns and seth rollins yep. and a mystery partner uh that mystery partner i think most of us had an idea of who it was going to be yeah they almost accidentally revealed it in a promo earlier but yep. uh didn't quite um aj styles the phenomenal one so this yep. will be the big acquisition for raw um certainly the biggest star that they 
they acquired in all of this. For sure. Um, Who is supposedly injured with the yeah, injury. Yeah, supposedly. But, uh, he was wrestling a lot. He was. So, uh, so I guess he's okay, which is good. Yep. Good to see the phenomenal one. Um, so they had a pretty decent three uh, six-man tag match. Um, and at the end, of course, the new guy always has to get the pin. So Styles pinned Lashley with the phenomenal forearm, which I guess is becoming his finisher. I kind of complained that he pinned Randy with the phenomenal forearm at WrestleMania, yeah. but now he's pinned Lashley too. So I guess it's slowly becoming his main finisher for pins. I don't know. Um, I so that was fine. And It's I think... just like a step above the Superman punch for mm. me, though. I'm just not about it. just don't like it that much. But uh, I think he's a great acquisition for Raw. Um, I think he really needed to change the scenery. He had kind of grown stale on SmackDown. He had kind of done everything there was to do there. And this opens up the possibility for AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, which is something. New lands to conquer. Yeah. And everybody's been hoping for Seth Rollins and AJ Styles for a long time, like since AJ was signed to WWE. And now this Mm -hmm. opens up that possibility. So uh, excellent. Good for him. Good for Raw. Um, I think it was a great move. So just to recap, Raw's Hall. Uh, from the Superstar Shakeup, they picked up The Miz, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Subject w- to Change, War Raiders, uh, Cedric Alexander, uh, Andrade, Rey Mysterio, Subject to Change, <laughs> The Usos, Lacey Evans, Naomi, AJ Styles, and announced later Eric Young, uh, because Sanity has also, is also no more, just as the Riot Squad is no more. Yep. As for the show, I gave it an 8.0. Um, I thought the in-ring action was really quality. I thought the matches were generally really good. Uh, I liked pretty much everything except the McMahon's opening promo, which was way too long and boring, and they deserved the hostility that they got, I thought. <laughs> Natalia is aggressively boring when she has a mic in her hands. I didn't love that. EC3 Strowman felt like a time waster, and then the ruination of the War Raiders in the form of the Viking experience. Yep. But... Even though that sounds like a lot when I say it all back to back, that was actually a pretty small part of the three-hour show. Yeah. So um, I gave it an 8.0, and I think it was the best Raw of the year for me so far. Yeah. I would have given it an 8.0, but I hated the Viking experience thing so much, I docked it a point. <laughs> yeah. So I gave it a 7. Yes, okay. That's fair. So moving on to SmackDown, we open with the Kevin Owens Show, the talk show in the world of wrestling humongous reception for Kevin Owens, just like Sami Zayn the night previous here in Montreal. Uh, KO did briefly say a couple lines in French. Um, I thought it was kind of odd that they didn't like let us know what he said because you would think no subtitles. It was just like, it was just like something just for the 15,000 people there and nothing for the million, 2 million people watching at home, which I thought was kind of strange, but whatever. Apparently what he said was something to the effect of this is my WrestleMania because you know, obviously I'm the hometown boy. Yeah. Uh, so expected. Kofi was the guest. Uh, the guest uh, Xavier Woods joined him, and uh, some pretty fu- a funny plug of up, up, down, down from Xavier Woods yeah. complaining about shameless, uh, compla- shameless plug <laughs> complaining about the. Uh, I know that the Miz has appeared on Up, Up, Down, Down several times. Ricochet has recently become a regular contributor. Alistair Black has been on Up, Up, Down, Down. Uh, the Usos were core members of Up, Up, Down, Down. So yep. uh, complaining a little bit about the move of all those guys, and just saying, I hope, I hope we get to hang on to breeze on smackdown so that was pretty funny uh, that they slipped that in there um and the big part of this segment was kevin owens proposed that he wants to be the newest member of the new day with the absence of big e yep uh he thought about big k as his potential replacement name but then decided because it's funnier he wants to go with big Big o O. Uh, and he then squeezed himself into uh (laughs) kofi's tank top 
And it was horrendous and yeah. hilarious. And, there and was, I loved it. And there was the greatest coronation that anyone has ever seen as he went down on one knee and was granted a unicorn horn to make official his his uh, new role as an initiate to the New Day. Uh, I just wrote down this was the greatest professional wrestling segment of all time. And uh, don't at me. About that, though. <laughs> But yeah, it was pretty fun. Pretty Fantastic. I, I, I was rolling laughing through this whole thing, so it yep. was awesome. Uh, our first big announcement for SmackDown, Finn Balor has been acquired by yep. SmackDown Live, the Intercontinental Champion yeah. showing so Finn, up. So Finn getting a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Had absolutely. his big match with Andrade on uh, Raw, and then immediately had his big match with Mustafa Ali on yep. SmackDown. Yeah, they gave good time uh, to both matches, too. They weren't short yeah. ones. I gotta, I gotta say, Finn looks great in blue. Finn looks great doing anything. Blue. To be fair, I mean the red was fine. He is a he is a but living thirst looks, trap. The blue looks real good, and he knows it. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, good match with Ali. Yeah, uh, there were some dueling chants early. Early, I mean they were mostly Finn chants, but it was nice to see Ali had some crowd support too. Yeah, uh, uh, I did put in here. I was kind of bummed that we won't get a modern Styles versus uh, Balor match. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a, a bummer. I would enjoy it. That's why I was kind of excited about AG Styles more than anything. I was like, oh, we can kind of get back into a little bit of that, you know, background yeah. stuff. Yeah. But they just, they yeah, just like, oh, never mind. We'll send him to SmackDown. Yeah, that Which was a is, bummer. It's probably better overall for Finn Balor because yes. now he's something to do. He was another guy that um, just had done everything and needed that yeah. change of scenery. But uh, I'm kind of disappointed we won't yes. have an AG Styles Finn Balor match up at some point. Maybe a power struggle over the Balor Club would have been cool. Um, but yeah, awesome match. Finn's win, Finn wins with the Coupe de Grasse, so a champion got a win, which was a nice change of pace. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Finn Balor, acquired by SmackDown, which means Samoa Joe will be going to Raw. They didn't make it official here. Samoa Joe is actually out with a case of the flu, like severe flu, so he wasn't on TV this yeah, week. Yeah, you don't want a big man pooping on you. No, you don't. Not at all. Ask Brock yeah. Lesnar. Uh, yeah. If those big of show you, uh, had yeah. some uh, you heard that story this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Finn Balor to SmackDown. Samoa Joe will go to Raw. Uh, so we swap the mid-card titles. Um, so next up, we had Big O starting his New Day in- initiation with a uh, pancake-eating challenge. Uh, had to eat an entire <laughs> plate of pancakes, which I'm pretty sure if he had actually eaten them, he'd be dead. But uh, I appreciate his spirit and his moxie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, to be able to go out and wrestle in the main event after eating 50 pancakes, pretty impressive. That's, I admire his commitment. Yeah. He's got a gut of iron. <laughs> that man. And then we had R-Truth and Carmella arrive. Uh, and this was to set up a match between Carmella and Charlotte. I think this will be one of the areas we disagree on this week. Um, I thought this was a solid match. I thought this was one of <laughs> Carmella's better singles matches in a while, really. Okay. Um, I, did, I thought there were a couple of spots that could have been better, but I thought some of the work they did around the barricade was really good. I thought Carmella came out looking pretty strong. Um I think this was kind of trying to keep some momentum going from her <laughs> win in the Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Yeah. It seems like they want to keep her... It seems like they don't know what story they want to put her in yet, but they want to keep her feeling formidable. So this felt like it served that purpose. They gave them a lot of time for this match, which I was surprised yeah. by. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Mella did end up tapping to the figure eight, which, you which know, Asuka why, did. So yeah. there's not why, a lot of shame in it. Um, uh, for me, uh, that's why I think it didn't matter. Because mm-hmm. I think it made Carmella look again like a throwaway character for Charlotte's rampage. Because mm-hmm. again, we must push Charlotte at all times. Yeah, 
Because Charlotte is the brand. That is really for uh, Vince. That is obnoxious. And I, uh, I would just disagree in that. I think in my that notes, Carmella, I put it was a match. It was a match. I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was a match. Yeah. But. I, I thought Carmella looked really competitive, though. I mean, I, I, I expected her to lose to Charlotte in about six minutes, and they went a good 10, 12 minutes, and she um, gave Charlotte a lot of offense. And so I thought Charlotte was selling her really well and trying to make her look as good as she could in the course of beating her. Um, but yeah, I am getting a little tired of people that are just starting builds end up losing to charlotte and yep. it kind of takes the wind out of their sails but i thought the match was decent and then we had tumness come out and then the mr tumness experience uh showed <laughs> you like that one don't you i, do. I, do. Uh, I almost want to call it tongueness because he also does this oh uh, yes oh boy i'm not a fan uh came out destroyed our truth um pretty brutally left carmelo like alone if you know, like a, one of those garden gnomes yes. had gotten like the super Took soldier steroids. serum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you turn one, like, you know, like Captain America experience yeah. gone wrong on a garden gnome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he beat up our truth. So that was about that. And Lars Sullivan is officially a member of SmackDown. We know now, which it sounded like he was a member of Raw. But, but you know, he's whatever. Back, they changed their minds, which is very rare in WWE, but uh, <laughs> apparently it's something Who'd that happens. Uh, we got Bray Wyatt and his puppet make another appearance. Mercy the Buzzard is yeah. his name. Uh, whatever. It's fine. Uh, then Again, we, we, had, we, we hadn't seen Bray Wyatt himself up to this point, no. though. We nope. just saw just the little creepy puppets. toys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we had, for the women, the man arrives, uh, cuts another promo. Becky two belts, slap the head off you dopes. Uh, interrupted by Ember Moon, who is the next announced acquisition to SmackDown. Uh, like I said, going into Raw, the, the needs for Raw for me were mid carders and tag teams, which they beefed up on a, beefed 100%. up on a lot. Yeah. And for me, the need on SmackDown was they needed women on SmackDown. Um, but they need specifically villains, and I don't. They added plenty of women, but they didn't add many villains. They didn't, and I think part of that, you know, that is part of that. I think it's just Charlotte Flair. Unfortunately, as usual, she just kind of eats everything. So she's going to be it looks like she's going to be the big bad in the women's division on SmackDown. And they brought in all these faces probably to feed to her, hopefully not to feed them all to her. I would like them to maybe some of them could score a win. I don't know. But uh, Ember Moon to SmackDown. Good addition. Really needed uh, really needed that. She cut a quick promo saying that she wants a shot at Becky's title. Then we got my girl Bailey to SmackDown. Another acquisition. Um I thought this was a pretty big one just because she is one of the four horsewomen. She's never been on SmackDown before. Uh, fresh start for Bailey. Um, I thought she was real stale on Raw and has been stale on Raw for a long, long time. So I was really welcoming this move. Um, she brings, again, the SmackDown women's division just needed some credible competitors. All they have is Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka right now, yeah. and that's it. Uh, they needed somebody that could credibly compete in a title match where you feel like they can win and regardless of how badly bailey has been booked for a long time and how stale she's been she's still bailey she's still one of the big stars of the women's division so she brings immediate credibility to the division i think um and brings a credible challenger that you can yeah. throw into the title scene and it won't take much building of her someone like carmella you'll have to build over time yeah bailey you can build in two weeks you can just make her go out there and beat somebody yeah. it'll be believable and then she'll be a i was contender. happy about this for one reason and one reason only it breaks up the tag team with mm, sasha because yeah. i didn't think their tag team was very good i didn't either and i I'm thought a, it was a waste of both of them yeah I, I think they're two of the best talents there are i think sasha banks might be the best women's wrestler on the planet but for some reason when her and bailey were together not only were their gimmicks incongruous so the team just didn't make sense on its face yeah but they did not have good in-ring chemistry they were just caught thinking different things with their tandem offense way too often mm -hmm. and it resulted in a lot of botches and ugly spots and it just did not work um 
and I think Bailey has needed a fresh start for a while. Just another person that really needed to change the scenery, really yeah. needed to start fresh somewhere. So I love the move for Bailey to smack down also. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so they both end up confronting Becky, wanting title shots. Then we get the Iconics interrupting obnoxiously. As I they always got do. it. <laughs> as they always do, mocking Ember and Bailey on their way to the ring. I did, but they still crack me up in my notes. Yes, they, were just, they are funny. funny. They I are funny. Got to give them that. They are growing on me slightly because of their character work. I just I wish they were a little better at the wrestling. <laughs> uh, now we did have last week after WrestleMania, Paige uh, foreshadowing that she would be bringing a new team to SmackDown to yep. challenge the Iconics for those titles. That she throws a red herring there. She yes, she came out and revealed that team, which turned out to be Asuka. Which this was odd. Paige said two brand new members of SmackDown and then introduced Asuka. So yeah, it's a little, a little weird. odd w- little wording weird. there. Uh, and then Kyrie. Sane, who I, my number one favorite wrestler in the company, I think. Uh, I, I love Kyrie Sane. I think she's one of the best yeah. women's wrestlers I on the planet. I think they're going to be an awesome tag team. Yes. She, she's, Kyrie Sane has been ready for the main roster for a long time, I think. I yeah. think she probably should have, she probably could have come up at any time since she lost the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah. Um, she is just somebody that can pull off a real generic, a real white meat baby face character so well because yeah. she's so she's, lovable she is nothing but yeah. white meat baby face she's just so it's, lovable like i it think it would be very hard to heel yeah. turn her you would not and you, and the fans would not turn sour on her because she's just so lovable she's so likable she's so charismatic she's yeah. just so she's just somebody you can't bring yourself to boo so i've said before i think there are a very small number of people that can pull off a white meat baby face where they're just a good guy and have no edge and no you know yeah. aggression and no uh you know, uh, sort of malice towards anybody. There aren't a lot of people that can pull that character off without crowds turning on them because they want that aggression and that edge that you like in a lot of char- that you like in your yeah, favorite absolutely. characters. Yep. Um, but I think Kyrie is one of those very small number of people that can pull off a white meat baby yep. face. So, and I do think her and Oscar will be a great team. Um, you know, obviously not having the language barrier will probably be helpful to Kyrie that she'll have someone that's right there with her at all times as she gets used to the main roster. Yep. Uh, she's obviously got familiarity with plenty of members of the main roster already, but it'll be nice to have that supporter, especially an industry veteran and one of the greats uh, in Asuka also. For sure. And, and then it, they had the, the red herring before the introduction, of course, with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Oh, yes. Um, where they were the ones that came out initially right. thinking yeah. Paige was talking about them. Well, um, absolution back yeah. together, maybe? Yeah. yeah, that's what you were thinking. And then Paige went, nope. Yeah, nope, not the yo. Japs. Not yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh Ask Kyrie, as I'm calling them. Although I, I am also <laughs> Kyrie ass. I am Is also that what you're <laughs> Ask Kyrie. Uh, okay, oh, Ask right. Kyrie. Kyrie ass. <laughs> all right. You know your mind is so dirty, and uh, I am I am offended. I'm, I'm, I'm just offended. waiting for your Freudian <laughs> slip there to reveal your true intentions. I love me some Kyrie in all possible ways. Uh, he's, uh, he's a big fan of Kyrie ass. Big, big, big fan, fan of yep. Kyrie. Sane. Uh, (laughs) uh, so yeah i look forward to them as a tag team they did have uh, an eight woman tag team match that resulted from this iconics and fire and desire versus os Kyrie. or i'm also playing with the name pirates of tomorrow uh the pirates of tomorrow plus bailey (laughs) pirates of tomorrow plus bailey plus ember um Kyrie did score the win uh pinning the champ peyton royce with the insane elbow the best finisher in the women's division yep. don't care what anybody says nobody's gonna tell me different so good strong first showing from Kyrie in her debut yep. uh bailey also i thought looked really good in this match she hit uh she hit a bottom rope suicida uh suicide dive 
um, on two people, and she hit it really, really well. And I don't like most suicide dives. Like 90% of them, I just don't think look very yeah. good. Uh, but I thought this was one of the rare ones that it's looked pretty damaging. It's hard to pull damaging. it off like, in a way that looks like it hurts. Yeah. Because <laughs> you always got the guys cushioning you on the end. Right. I understand it's difficult to do. Yes. But it just doesn't look very It impressive. never looks impactful. Especially no. Seth Rollins is the worst one, where it's just like, I yeah. mean, that's some two-hand touch. just kind of floats That's through. some flag football two-hand touch yeah. suicide dive. Just like, no. But I thought that was a good one. I thought this match was decent, so good debut for Ember Moon and Kyrie Sane. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was an announcement. Buddy Murphy to SmackDown has been acquired. So that was the next acquisition yep. for SmackDown Live. Great acquisition. Amazing performer. Solid promo. Needs some more work there, but is much further along than your your Cedric Alexander's yeah. and your Tony Nieces. Buddy so. Murphy's great, so... If you've been watching 205 Live at all, and I have, because I've now watched six episodes. This is our cruiserweight expert, self proclaimed. So I just wanted to let you know, uh, (laughs) you fickle people out there, you casual, the filthiest of filthiest casuals. No one knows 205 Live. I've graduated. Right here. I mean, I'm built for it. Yeah. I'm built for it. Come on. He's very small. So good addition for SmackDown. I hope that they find something for him to do. Um, I can think of a lot of things he can do. I want to see Finn Balor versus Buddy Murphy yesterday. Mm-hmm. For, uh, so we'll see. But Buddy Murphy to SmackDown. Then we had our main event. Uh, well, our main event match, I should say. Not our main event segment. Yep. Our main event match with Big O doing the New Day intro. And as we noticed, he hit those R's real hard. <laughs> yeah, Don't you dare be sour. <laughs> So French Canadian. Oh yeah, uh, but he di- I did think he hit the feel the power very well. So he got that going for him. Came out with the new day. Did the dancing with them. Uh, just I love I love this so much. I just can't even describe it or contain myself. Uh, so Big O and the New Day took on Nakarusev and Cesaro. Conspic- conspicuously missing Sheamus, who we believe to be injured. Um, Pretty fun match, six-man tag match, pretty typical stuff. Got to see a little KO and Kofi teamwork as uh, KO served as the springboard for Kofi over the top rope at one spot to take out all of their opponents. Uh, And at the end of this match, KO pinned Rusev with his stunner. And as I was just praising Rusev for having the best stunner sell in the business, this one was Garbaggio. Yeah, I I put right there, main point in my notes, shitty stunner sell. Horrible, (laughs) horrible. To though. I, I put pretty decent match. Yeah. Shittiest stunner ever to end it, though. Honestly, it makes me wonder <laughs> if Rusev did that intentionally badly, which concerns me. Uh, he has apparently been grumbling about his usage for a while now. Which I would. It makes me wonder <laughs> if he was... both. I don't know if he was mailing it in with that stunner sale, but it was so egregiously bad, and he's been so good at it in the past, I kind of worry about it. So hopefully he's not just mailing in his matches at this point, because that's not going to help his case. Um, but besides that, pretty decent match. Uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Just go to the main I segment. Mean, this isn't really a match complaint. It was more of a move complaint. I'm just disappointed that they didn't move Shinsuke or Rusev. They broke up all of these well-established good tag mm-hmm. teams, but this is the one tag team they kept together, and I hate it because mm-hmm. it's a waste of both their characters. It doesn't make any sense story-wise because they should hate each other, Yeah. but now they're like best buddies. And uh, Also, I hate the new trench coat that Shinsuke's wearing. <laughs> He's wearing this Vash the Stampede trench coat, and it's just... It's too bright. It's too bright red, and there's nothing in it. It's just yeah. flat, long, thin, fake leather red. <laughs> you just don't understand because you're not an artist. Okay. Well, I think here. I think he's trying to hide his art because he understands <laughs> that he's in the shittiest point of his career right yeah. now. With uh, what's or the best one could argue. I I don't big. 
big fat paycheck so he can go surfing and a half-assed in the ring. Well, seems he, like he's living the he dream. He certainly is half-assing <laughs> it in the ring, and that's disappointing. And that has been, unfortunately, a problem with Shinsuke for a while, even going back to New Japan. He always had a reputation for being the guy that you give him a big match, and he'll put on the best match you can see. But you, but week to week, he's not putting in a consistent effort. He's always a guy that has coasted uh, in a, in a overtime, you know, if he's doing stuff regularly, and then just kind of shows up for the big matches. It where just he makes me out. sad because I think depressing. he has one of the best villain gimmicks ever. Yes, and I love it. I love his gimmick. I, when he's when he was having his feud with AJ Styles. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got a top three gimmick just, in the company. It just sucks. I don't like this tag team at all. And you're right that either one of them would have been a great acquisition for Raw, which was needing to build its yes, mid-card in the first absolutely. place. So it would have been yeah. perfect to throw one of them into the mid-card over there, and but, you would uh, add that talent there. So that's not really a criticism of the match or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just my personal feelings about the tag team. Yeah. You know, I was hoping more than anything that one of them would get moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably more than anything. I was mm-hmm. hoping that Finn would move, and I was hoping that you know one of these two would move. Yeah. Um, so our main segment, WWE had been announcing on social media and WWE.com that Vince McMahon would be personally coming to SmackDown to announce the biggest acquisition in the history of SmackDown Live. Yeah. So there was a lot of talk about who that person could be. <gasps> there were some people that thought maybe he was going to say Brock Lesnar. Uh, there were some people thinking he would say Roman, and it was Roman. Um, but first it was Elias. <laughs> so... I did enjoy this. A typical Vince McMahon troll job, as he is known to do, because he just takes pleasure in our pain. Uh, He came out, built up this long thing about how talented this guy is. What a star he is. He's a main event. He's a headliner. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias! And (laughs) so Elias is officially a member of SmackDown, so he technically did announce a SmackDown acquisition. Yep. Uh, You know, Elias was very pleased and was playing up the crowd disappointment quite a bit and really digging (laughs) digging the screws in there. It was excellent. Uh, So these two two total assholes just really played off each other well in that they were trolling the whole WWE universe with this whole segment. And it also kind of... uh, completes that Elias is kind of kind of the favorite son mm-hmm. within the McMahon family as yeah. far as like you know bodyguards and you know bullshit brutes go mm-hmm. for future storylines that we'll mention later yeah <laughs> Uh, and I like what Elias is doing now that he's actually foreshadowing who's about to come interrupt him by mentioning something about their name during his promos. Yeah. He did the dead man a week ago. He said the next person to interrupt me is a dead man. We got the gong and the undertaker came out. And then this one, he said he was going to have a long reign on SmackDown yeah. and Roman Reigns music wink, hits, wink. of course. Uh, so Roman comes out, gets a pretty good reception. I was kind of impressed. I expected he would get booed in Montreal, but he did not. Yep. Uh, he mainly got That's cheers. People, I guess uh, the whole recovery from cancer thing and seeing how bad Raw was without him around. I think uh, people, as as much as they hated him before, kind of recovered a little bit. Yeah, they appreciated it. Again, why you might want to instill an offseason. Yeah. Clearly, their break helped. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Helped a lot. And uh, I've certainly come to appreciate him more. Um, But yeah, he came out, interrupted Elias, beat him up, and then hit a Superman punch on Vince... Vincent yeah. Kennedy McMahon. And drew some blood. Uh, so pretty 
pretty Drew impressive. a little bit of blood and, on the uh, boss's face there. A great sell from Vince, as usual. Even yeah. at 73 years old, he can still sell like nobody's <laughs> business. He had just had a look of petrified terror on his Doughy face. Eyed, the- yeah. <laughs> uh, so, again, I think this was, this was obviously... So, Raw's big acquisition was AJ Styles. SmackDown's biggest acquisition, obviously, is Roman Reigns. This is the biggest star in the company. Um, I think this was a good addition also. I think Roman's another guy that needed to change his scenery. Yep. Um, I'm sure our buddy Caleb loved this. Oh, yeah, I bet. Oh, yes. Shout out to Caleb. Congratulations. Roman. Roman. It's always got to be Roman. (laughs) So just to recap SmackDown's final haul for the Superstar Shake-Up, they got Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Elias, Bailey, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Lars Sullivan, Buddy Murphy, uh, and then announced on the website Liv Morgan, which means the Riot Squad is no more. And if you want to have your heart shattered into one million billion pieces, you can watch Liv Morgan's reaction to the breakup of the Riot Squad, which for some reason WWE posted on their website. Apparently, they just want us to know what assholes they are. Um, they also picked up Chad Gable, which means Goblorious is no more. Yep. They also picked up Apollo Cruz, which is random. They picked I mean, up. It's fine. They picked up Mickey James, so again, more talent in the women's division. Um, yeah, it seems like they took a little bit too much, almost. Yeah. It does, yeah. and actually, because we the biggest complaint about, about SmackDown that. is there's too many people and they didn't have enough room to breathe. Yeah, I think that, and you know, spoiler alert, they shuffle more people back mm-hmm. to SmackDown the following week because mm-hmm. of some personal things. Mm-hmm. And so they're just laden with talent, and Raw is once again left kind of in the doghouse, even though it's the longer show that has more space to kind of air out all of these stars. Yeah, um, we got heavy machinery to SmackDown also, and I would agree, I think they did take too much. I think SmackDown desperately needed women, and they got them, but I think they got too many of them, and it's at the point now where the Raw women's division is in trouble. I think that's something we're going to talk about on the next show uh, when we recap that episode, because the problems are immediately becoming evident with um, the women's division on Raw. But I think to just give an overall analysis of the Superstar Shakeup, I think both shows got what they needed for the most part. I have very few complaints. Raw needed tag teams and mid-carters. They got tag teams and mid-carters. SmackDown needed women. They got women. So I think it's all going to work out fine. As for the show, I gave Mm -hmm. it a 9.0. Big O and New Day were amazing. The the moves with the women were good. Good acquisitions for everybody. The main event match was good. Ali and Finn was great. I thought Mella and Charlotte was great. So 9.0. Thought this was an A show. I gave it an 8. I loved it. All right. It's good enough. I liked it. <clears throat> so let's just run through our secondary brands real quick. Yeah. Let's uh, start with 205 Live because... Uh, your resident expert is here. Oh boy. Too. I just can't wait to hear his expert just, opinion. Uh, let so you can, know what's up. Us all. And uh, the world of the welterweights. <laughs> um, Cruiserweight Chris, we call him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, again, just because I'm the expert, I'll go ahead and run us through. Please. Um, so, we had uh, the Lucha House Party come out. Uh, obviously, um, not all of them wrestling. Just mm-hmm. uh, there to support their brother. Yes. Um, Grand Metalik. Yep. Uh, he, then we had uh, Arya Davari come out. We had Mike Kanellis and then Akira Tozawa come out for a four-way match. And um, I wasn't happy with the result, but I enjoyed the match a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I will say I love the standing grappling moves. I love it. You know, when they get down to the ground, that's when it kind of sucks because it slows everything down, which is usually the point. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I, as a person who has been in the audience a lot, like mm-hmm. we have, uh, especially at the ground level, you can't see a fucking thing. <laughs> and you, 205 crowds are already kind of shitty because mm-hmm. they're 
what's left over from yeah. the SmackDown crowd. Yep. And you might have some hardcore fans in there, which is great, but most of the time they're just casual SmackDown fans that happen to stay because there was still some wrestling to watch. So I think it hurts them that they have 205 after SmackDown, too, yeah. because all the stuff they came to see, they've already seen, and now it's a now downgrade it's just, yeah, as so, opposed to opening with them and having a hot crowd. Yeah, so. I'd say like, you know, 60 to. 70% of the crowd is gone mm-hmm. from the SmackDown crowd, and the ones that are remaining, there's only a handful of the hardcore people. Right. So it just kind of sucks. It's you a know, bummer. The wrestling's so good. Yeah, and 205 doesn't have quite the pull that, say, you know, the SmackDown or Raw does. Mm-hmm. So even if you had a rotating weekly show like the main shows do, you're not going to be able to draw those huge crowds. Mm-hmm. You know, NXT benefits from being in one location every single week and having a smaller area to fill. Mm-hmm. You know, 205 right. doesn't have that benefit. Right. They still have the same size yeah. arenas and stadiums <laughs> and, you know, with a third of the people yep. and not necessarily the most enthusiastic people. Mm-hmm. Now, with with the really good matches, they really kind of win them over throughout. But again, these, most of these people don't know who the fuck they're watching and right. they're just there to watch it. Yeah. Right. Um, but again, this match was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I did like how uh, hard they were kind of pushing Tozawa throughout this match. I think he's love Tozawa. I think he's kind of eaten a lot of shit recently, where mm-hmm. he's just been eating pins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say that uh, the cruiserweight chops suck, and I wish they weren't trying to showcase <laughs> that in the middle of the match. Uh, there's just there doesn't seem to be anybody that can do good chops in the mm-hmm. cruiserweight group, and it's probably because there's not a lot of chest to hit <laughs> <laughs> and not the biggest hands to make that bellowing, you know, slap sound. Yeah. And of course, again. We're in the small or the big arenas with barely any people, so there's not a whole lot of resonance, you know, for the mics to pick up. Um, they need to get some. Kinda, les- they need to get kinda some dies. <laughs> they need to get some chop lessons from Walter, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's a problem. Um, and it was a great match, and it seemed like it was building up for Tozawa to get the win, who seemed to be the fan favorite. Um, yeah. But uh, Arya ah, Davari. Ah. snuck in there and stole the pin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which kind of sucks because out of that entire group he's the one i didn't want to win yeah not because of his character but because he kind of (laughs) sucks he's he's not as entertaining as all the other guys in the 205 live roster and you know i don't think he's that great at promos either Mm -hmm. he he looks like kind of like a trailer park regnet that just happens to be middle eastern Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and that's just kind of how he's built up and i just i don't like it like he runs a pawn shop or something (laughs) <laughs> but the match itself was really good, and I really yeah. enjoyed the match. So Yeah, I did, too. I thought especially the sequences between Grand Metalik and Tozawa were really, really good. I think those two yeah. guys have really good chemistry. It kind of makes me sad that they're both faces, so we probably won't see them against each yeah, other probably again. Not, unless there's a tournament um, or something. But those guys work really well together. I would just love to see those guys have a real singles match. Maybe, yeah, yeah like you say, maybe in a tournament setting would be a perfect place to do that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I thought Tozawa looked really good for the most part. He did get the upper hand on Mike Kanellis and was going for his senton finisher. Maria provided the distraction, like she always does in every single Canellas match. Yeah. Uh, Canellas <laughs> hits his finisher on Tozawa. Davari comes in, throws Canellas out, pins Tozawa for the W. So, yeah, agree. Really good match. Grand Metalik and Tozawa definitely stood out to me. Yep. Love those guys. Um, fingers crossed Tozawa gets a little bit more of a push in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler for next week's show, he shows up again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And with a nice little spot with his partner there. <laughs> and those of you who haven't watched, he also had a match on Worlds Collide with Jordan Devlin, which was very, very good. Nice. Um, there was one crazy audience member that kind of distracted from the whole thing. But uh, yeah, so it's, I'll just briefly recap this. Tozawa does his his chant when he's trying to get hyped up or get the crowd hyped up, which is just, ah, 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 ah. And, yeah. and the crowd responds by going, ah. 
And uh, there was this one guy where every time Tazawa started to do the ah, the guy would just scream, ah, ah, <laughs> like insanely. Like Creaming to the point that, pants. that everyone else would stop saying ah. And it was so, every time he did it, it this guy started screaming his head off. They're like, they're like 100 people in the whole crowd. So it's very, very loud and obvious uh, when one guy is screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. And at one point in the match, <laughs> Tazawa had... Devlin in the corner was hitting him with some chest chops, and each one the crowd was going ah, and this guy again just shouted ah, and you actually had the camera on Tazawa's face, and he just turned to the guy, and went, and then went right back to doing yeah. the chest chops, like so he acknowledged on, it for a second. This crazy yeah. guy, uh, but good match, so go watch it on Worlds Collide if you have time. And then next up to end the show, we had uh, Cedric Alexander's farewell match. They gave him plenty of time, which is a great choice Absolutely. because it was an awesome match. Absolutely. And he went up against Oni Lorcan mm -hmm. uh, for that final match. Um, as you would kind of expect, they're trying to build up the other guy since the main guy is leaving. So Oni Lorcan gets the win in the end. Um, but yeah, I have just nothing but praise in my notes. You know, Cedric is just so good at wrestling. Um there was just an awesome single leg drop kick from Alexander, which was amazing. Uh, Lorcan actually showcased an outstanding power bomb for such a small guy. And I think Cedric probably played into that a lot by adjusting appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a badass power bomb from them. Um, just a, a really great farewell match. There's some great, you know, crowd chants. Again, the, the two of five crowds are usually kind of shitty, uh, but this one did the appropriate thing. Yes. Giving them the, the thank you, Cedric chance. Yes. Fantastic. And it was great. And he even got a villainous handshake. Which you normally hate. Which I do hate. But this guy's earned it. He earned it. This guy's he earned it. So uh yeah, I agree. I thought the match was excellent. Alexander took some hard bumps in this match. Yeah. I mean, he was this was like I said, that this power was, bomb was brutal. This was a really physical match, and you know, that's expected of Oni Lorcan, who has an extremely physical, vicious style, but there were hard strikes going in both directions. I mean, these guys beat yeah. the piss out of each other in this match. Um, there was a one cool spot that I noticed, which was uh, Cedric hit the Cedric went for the neuralizer off the ropes, and and <laughs> and Lorkin caught him with an uppercut midair, which was really cool looking yeah, and really awesome. vicious looking. Um, so uh, match ended with Orkin hit the half and half on the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring, as we know. Uh, threw Cedric into the ring, um, followed it up with a lariat. And then hit another half and half for the W. So took a lot to put Cedric down, but you did expect him to go down, like you said, before he moves on. He's got to he's got to give someone the rub. Um, and uh, yeah, the the crowd all got to their feet. I think I was surprised that the crowd really understood what the moment was yeah. because it would be very easy for the crowd not to be aware of the fact that this was Cedric's last match in Two Hundred Five Live. It would yeah. be very easy to not be aware of the fact that Cedric Alexander has been the franchise player of Two Hundred Five Live since its inception. Yeah. So this moment meant a lot, and it would have been very easy for this crowd not to know that and they did know that and they got to their feet and they showed the respect and the thank you cedric chance it was yeah. very emotional it was awesome. and it was yep. just it was a great moment so for that reason mainly and because of the high quality matches i gave the show a 9.0 yeah i gave it an eight um i didn't enjoy the first match as much as i wanted to especially with that ending but i did enjoy it so i, I couldn't give it you know any significant negatives on that and then the last match was amazing so mm -hmm. That one held most of the score for me, so I gave it a really high eight, really solid eight, mm -hmm. uh, almost pushing a nine for me. Again, scores are arbitrary, but that's just how I felt. Yeah. So I yep. gave it a really solid B plus. All right. B 
plus. Uh, so I guess I'll run us through NXT. Um, yep. The opening match was Velveteen Dream versus Buddy Murphy for the North American Championship. Um, I'll just say we probably disagree on how good this match was a little bit because this is one of my matches of the year so far. No, if I, I had a I running it. list, it's it's up there. It's yeah. it's up in the top six. Put awesome matchup. Uh, I yep. thought that it was awesome right from the start. The psychology from both was really high level. Um, they yep. were one-upping each other. They were taking some of each other's moves. They were getting in each other's head. It yeah. was really, really compelling, the story. They were slowly building yeah, at I thought the it beginning, was excellent. and then it turned into just incredible It kind of made me disappointed that Buddy Murphy was going to the main roster, yeah. not to NXT, because <laughs> I thought so he was well so there. awesome. Yeah. When, and he, he and uh, Velveteen Dream, they're just built so similarly. They're mm. very similar sizes. Again, I don't understand how Buddy Murphy was on 205 He's Live. He's 205. There's no no way There's that no man way. is 205 he has 205 in his pecs yeah it, yeah and his asshole maybe <laughs> i don't know takes so, a, he shits out a turd that's 205 <laughs> pounds the dude is huge he is jacked he um, is jacked there was some really cool like uh sweep counter sweep sequences mm-hmm. between the two mm-hmm. i thought they worked really instant cool. chemistry yeah they they seem to have really similar styles first, first time these guys have been together yeah just, uh, you just, would have w- thought it was the 30th time I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Dream did score the win with the Purple Rainmaker, um, which was to be expected um, as but Murphy prepares for his move. There was, there was some move. legit fear. There was. That Buddy Murphy was yeah. going to win it because he was, he was pulling off some badass stuff towards the end there. So. Yeah, they definitely built the anticipation and the tension the best they could. Um, this did get a banger rating. I don't know if that's just going to become a, a theme for me on this show <laughs> when there's a match that really blows me away yeah. and I call it a banger, but I've used it sparingly enough that it means something. For the year list? Uh, I haven't been documenting the uh, list, but if I had a list going, I think it would I'm be I'm holding it off for now, but if I have to go back to it because the rest of the year sucks... I would say it would definitely be top five TV match. It'll be hard because of how good TakeOver New York was to not just put all those matches on there. It's the problem. (laughs) But if I'm keeping track of just the weekly TV matches, I think this was just about as good as any TV match I've seen this year for sure. Nice. Uh, Then we had Street Profits go to William Regal asking for a tag title shot against what NXT still calls the War Raiders. The War Raiders came out and revealed that they had already gone to William Regal and asked him to fight (laughs) the Street Profits. So uh, it was an interesting I did note that they were wearing their War Raiders t-shirts, even though they were technically the Viking experience at this point. Already defunct. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like a protest move almost. Yes. And I did enjoy it. Spoiler alert for next week. They (laughs) do renege on that a little bit, and it seems like going forward they're still reneging on it. Yeah, War Raiders ain't coming back, so those t-shirts are already useless uh then we had a promo from johnny champion as he is now known um typical celebratory stuff uh he was interrupted by adam cole baby uh i really like this back and forth between these guys they were throwing some bombs at each other adam cole called johnny an idiot and a punk and johnny asked if there's trouble in his boy band and if maybe they're not in sync anymore so see it's the same problem Uh, i always have with gargano i put it in my the middle of my notes here said i i (laughs) he has great lines but he has raging bitch voice syndrome <laughs> just raging bitch voice and i hate it you know what's odd about him is he has a he has really p- perfect lines written for him you know what's odd about him is if you hear him in an interview he sounds way manlier than when he's cutting a promo and it's I odd do, he I has that gra- he has that gravelly manly smoker's voice that we all want and for some reason when he does a promo he though he like, like raises this, the pitch he raises the pitch so high i mean i don't think he's like tony nice why don't you bad. go back to your boy band <laughs> But uh, he I, also I, has the worst haircut ever. It is. <laughs> I don't know what's. He's got like a fade, like a, a, a like layered fade going on, yeah. and it, he's got a cowlick. So it and you know what work. else bothers me about that is when he's wrestling his matches, it all immediately stands yeah, up. Like he touched yeah. one of those orbs at the science museum. 
that's so bothers me. Just cut it short. Just go short. Uh, yeah, I don't like that either. But I love this promo. I thought they threw some good bombs at each other. Uh, Roderick Strong ended up attacking Johnny from behind. Undisputed yep. gave him a beatdown. So foreshadowing a, uh, uh, a a potential matchup between Johnny Champion and Which, Roderick spoiler Strong. Spoiler alert, maybe tits next week. Maybe happens. Maybe, maybe, tits. maybe tune in next week if yeah, you like it's wrestling. Pretty good. That's it's pretty good. good. It's pretty good. Uh, then we got uh, basically a squash match for Dominic Dijakovic versus Aaron Fry, whoever yeah. the hell Aaron Fry is. The uh, guy on the street corner. <laughs> Dijak, uh, Dijakovic basically came to the ring, hit the feast your eyes. I won in under 10 seconds. Yeah, vicious kick, and then he's dead. And uh, so Dijakovic was supposed to have a match with Keith Lee at TakeOver, but Keith Lee sustained an injury leading up to that, which is why that didn't happen. So this just seems like they're keeping Dijakovic looking strong so that they can circle back to that yep. Keith Lee feud. And that's something I, I think... If anybody saw their match at NXT a couple months ago, I think that's something we all want to see is those two. These are two enormous men that do things that men their size should not be able to do. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen uh, Luke Harper and Dominic Dajakovic at Worlds Collide, go watch that match if you want a demonstration of what I mean. This guy's six foot seven and he does springboard moves. It's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I really like this guy, so I like that they're keeping him strong. And this was pretty much just a filler match. To keep I didn't him like it because I wasn't entertained and I thought it was stupid and I was like, whatever. And then he calls out Velveteen Dream. That's right. Yeah. Which is just a reminder that Buddy Murphy will not be having another great match again. So that made me bitter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yep, that was about it. So yeah, Dream versus Dijakovic. And then hopefully at some point they circle back to Keith Lee and Dijakovic. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, then we did have a, the official promo where Re, uh, William Regal informed uh, the Undisputed Era that Roderick Strong will face Johnny Champion on next week's edition of NXT. Uh, and then our final... Our main event was the final chapter of what was one of the best women's rivalries of 2018, which was yeah. Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. I don't know Baszler. if we're going to disagree on this or not, but uh... I don't think we will. Um, this is I wrote down before this match even started that it's one of my favorite women's rivalries of all time. It started with the Mae Young Classic, where they met each other in the final in the inaugural Mae Young Classic. Um, then it continued when they both moved to NXT. Uh, they they traded the t title a couple of times in 2018. They had a match at Evolution. Um, and there were some really, really good matches between these two. The Mae Young Classic final was excellent. Their match at um, Evolution was really good. There's, these two generally have really good chemistry, and their characters are so vastly different that it just works to put them together. It's just this this badass, mean bully that is just ruthless and, and merciless. And then you've got the smaller, uh, you know, overpowered, underdog, super nice baby face. And usually it <laughs> works so well, sure. and it did not work well here. No. It just didn't. It was an awful match. Uh, it was really bad. First it went on way too long, too. It was just. Yeah. Uh, it started with Kyrie getting the second entrance, which I thought was kind of nice because this was Kyrie's farewell match in NXT, which was yeah. another reason I had high expectations. I assume they would give her a good match. To That's send why it made me hate it even more. Yeah, it's it was disappointing. Just, this was her the farewell match, and it was just garbage. Just garbage. You know? She didn't even fight most of the time. Yeah, she, she didn't do much. Um, she did get the second entrance, though, which I think was a sign of respect when you're facing a champion to get the second entrance is usually a sign of respect for you. Yeah. Um, I did write down that there was a spot where Shayna uh, got a second turn buckle insane elbow to the back and utterly no sold it. She just, she got hit with an yeah. insane elbow to the back and then immediately yeah. jumped up and went after yeah. Kyrie on the top rope as if nothing had happened to yeah. her just now. Kyrie was bad. Not because she is bad. She was bad because she had to play the stupid injury mm. story line that they were trying to push. I'm guessing because they want you Shirai to take the title from Shayna Baszler down that the line. Be my hope. That seems to be what they're aiming for. Yeah, that's what this but, whole match served to do, was set up EO and Shayna. But it was so bad. And then Shayna Baszler herself, I, 
I know you like her for some of the stuff she's done previously, but I didn't see a whole lot of that. And so far, I've only seen about three matches from her, and yeah. they were all awful. She's on a cold streak. They were all awful. She's definitely Th- on a cold streak. This one was pathetically awful. Like it yeah. wasn't even. She was holding so much back with her punches. I, I <laughs> struggled to even call them punches because it was just like flaccid flapping of her arms mm. and they were just she wasn't even touching Kyrie half the time mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was just bad she was no selling everything mm-hmm. like it, yeah just nothing worked i couldn't believe what a nothing. dumpster fire this was, was garbage because like i said they've had some really good matches it's one of my favorite rivalries in the women's division ever because of how good their other matches were and the character work that they usually do and this was just really really not good really a bummer for Kyrie's last match yeah. in nxt um shana could not just I don't I don't even know if she can wrestle because oh, I've no. I've seen nothing but garbage from her. Yeah, and I I know she has an MMA background and all that, but uh, you know Ronda made the transition pretty smoothly, and I mean she, she wasn't a, mm. a a finished product, but she did the transition pretty well. I yeah, don't, I don't think Shayna's doing it well at all. Mm. I think she's kind of awful. I mean, look at Matt Riddle; like the dude's amazing. Mm-hmm. He has a very strong MMA background. Well, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Why can't she make it work when these other people clearly could? Yeah, that's awful. I, I think her style. I mean, I think the fatal four way was just a bad choice for her because her style's not suited to the fatal four way. She's she's a slow, methodical worker, a la Randy Orton, um, or even Ric Flair back in the day, where he would isolate a body part and just work it and work it and injure it and injure it until eventually he could get into a submission to win the match. That's kind of how Ric Flair worked, and that's kind of what Shayna does, and she did some of that here. Um, She's she's a slow worker. So the thing about her is she needs a long time to work and she needs one opponent. If she has a long time and one opponent, it can be a really, really good match. She hasn't been given that in some time, which is why I don't want to be too hard on her. Ideally, ideally, your top woman is going to be able to wrestle any kind of match, though. I mean, so yeah. I, 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 will get, I think it's a problem. I, I'll relent to you a little bit on that basis. <laughs> The fact that your top woman should be able to wrestle any kind of match. but <laughs> She can only win one very specific type of match. Yeah, but I don't want That's, to say that she's uh, not good at wrestling because of the fact that she can do that one type <laughs> of match really, really well. Um, so... But this was not good. Uh, so ultimately what happened is Shayna was working Kyrie's elbow. Uh, EO came out to check on her. They stopped the match because Kyrie couldn't continue. Uh, 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 Kyrie essentially got thrown out of the ring. EO was checking on her. Shayna came over, threw Kyrie back on the ring, kept working the elbow, was getting ready to stomp it. EO jumped in to make the save. Uh, Kyrie gets disqualified. Um, Shayna's goons, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir, attacked EO. Yeah. And then they kind of made EO watch while Shayna did stomp Kyrie's elbow. So I don't know. It was just. I mean, the idea in principle works, but it just didn't work in this match. They yeah. Just, nothing was. Nothing was working. I don't yeah. think the goons for Shayna Baszler, I forget their names, but the two women that are yeah, with her. Yeah, Duke and I, Shafir. I think they both suck worse They're than Shayna. I, I think like Shayna's good at the promo stuff, but bad at everything else for yeah. me. <laughs> but her goons are bad at everything. They're really bad. They're bad at everything. And they are really green, so I want to give them that. But uh, Marina Sh- Marina Shafir in particular might be the worst wrestler yeah. in the company. I think, I think I mean, NXT's she's, she's woman division is in trouble if they keep that belt on Shayna for too much longer. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Neo takes it quickly. Hopefully. <laughs> and EO is, EO is definitely in position to elevate the women's match product because yeah. she is, of Fingers course, crossed. in my opinion, in the conversation for the best women's wrestler on the planet also. Yeah, she's great. Um, I, gave it a, I gave it a 5 out of 10, and all of that ooh, is because of the first brutal. match. All, I would have given this show a zero if it would have been just Damn. Shayna Baszler versus Kairi Sane. So I hated it. <laughs> I wow. hated it. Dang. 
Uh, I gave it an eight and a half um, on the basis of Murphy Dream being one of my trademark bangers. Yeah. Um, it was only 50% of the show, though. I really like Johnny and <laughs> so Adam Cole. I gave Cole's... it 100% for that 50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> I like Johnny Champion and Adam Cole's promo also. Um, I did. So I like Raging that. bitch voice. Good lines. And, Raging bitch voice. And there was just nothing else that I really had to complain about until the main event, which was so bad it, it took one and a half. It took yeah. more than a full letter grade off the show how bad that main event was because Ky- Kyrie deserved a better send-off match at the very yeah, least. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you are going to have her lose and get beat down, you got to yeah. give her a better match. I'm not even that. the biggest Kyrie fan. I-, I like her. I think she's an awesome wrestler, but that was just horrible. Just a yeah. horrible way to send her off. It's a bad know, taste in the from mouth from your on her last your favorite product. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Just, just bad. Uh, so I'll run us through NXT UK real quick. Uh, the opening match. So this was from the WrestleMania Access tapings. So the opening match was the Coffee Brothers versus Humberto Carrillo and Raul Mendoza. Uh, really fun match. As always, whenever Humberto Carrillo is involved in a match, it's fun. I really like this guy. He's super talented. Um, impossibly handsome. Uh, just <laughs> just Aiden English can tell you because he has a huge man crush on the guy, which is Hat. becoming a very funny storyline. Um, but super fun. Raul Mendoza was really impressive. This was my first experience with him. Um, he had some good high-flying stuff. Obviously, another luchador. Uh, Coffee Brothers, predictably, picked up the W. They needed a win. They've kind of been eating losses both as a tag team and as singles competitors for some time now, so kind of restoring their credibility a little bit. We had Cassius Ono cut a promo on Liguero. Um, Cassius Ono quickly growing on me. Uh, I think he's a really good character actor. He's really good at being the uh, sort of deluded, narcissistic, fat bully on the playground. Uh, the Doyle rules. I, I think he just does it so well. He just... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never feel like cheese thighs. I never oh. feel like he's acting when he's cutting these promos. So I, I'm, I'm wear pants. Cash his own. I like you more. Me, although it would be ideal if he had pants. <laughs> uh, we also got a vignette of Walter and Pete Dunn, their build, and then their eventual match. Um, we had Jordan Devlin showing to not be so impressed with that, and so a potential tease of Jordan Devlin versus <gasps> Walter. Uh, yes, fucking please. Um, their styles are very at odds. So I wonder how that would work out. But they're so good individually. They are. I just they feel are like, great individually. I just feel like they can make it work somehow. And, yeah. you know, we don't want two brawlers against each other, as we learned with Ono Walter. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, then we had a match between Kona Reeves and Dave Mastiff. This was Mastiff's first TV match in a while. I can't remember the last time I saw Mastiff. Um, I can't really remember his last match on NXT UK TV. So it was good to see him. Um, he got a surprisingly good crowd reaction. This, nice. this WrestleMania Access crowd seems like they're hit and miss on which NXT UK talent they really know um but for some reason they were really hot for mastiff and uh i was kind of digging it it adds, added something to the match that they just really wanted to see him win um it was a pretty slow pace uh you know there wasn't anything special about the match um but mastiff you know kind of pulled out some of his typical big man offense um what kevin owens calls the cannonball is his mastiffs into the void which is his finishing maneuver so he hit the into the void on kona reeves to get a w uh after i think this was really just a setup for what happened after the match which was wolfgang from gallus uh kind of got in mastiff's face and they were about to brawl before they were pulled apart so maybe there will be a story there mm. um so some a storyline for dave mastiff which is nice but uh surprisingly good crowd reaction was really the story of that one so wow. good for you access surprising uh, then we had Casey Catanzaro versus Rhea Ripley, um, a match where right when I heard it was happening, I was like, hell yeah. Uh, this is a perfect clash of 
people and styles and characters, just a total babyface hero that always gets a good crowd reaction in Casey Catanzaro, who's also very small, versus a big, mean bully very in small. Rhea Ripley. Uh, so really, really nice contrast between these two. Um, crowds just love Casey. Every, I mean, I never watched American Ninja Warrior, but apparently plenty of other people did because Casey gets great reactions no matter where she goes, Yeah, um, even from casual crowds, and I think that's why. Um, but some pretty typical stuff. Casey got to show off her athleticism a little bit, sh- show some of the cool stuff that she can do that other people just can't. Um, Rhea got to show off her bullying and her power, of course, with such a tiny opponent who's also so <laughs> loved and sweet and everything. So, uh, you know, a pretty typical bully versus underdog face match. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rhea did look decisive in victory here. Good. Which I think was to be expected and makes sense for these two characters at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rhea did hit the Riptide um, and get the pin and then um, went after Casey went to the medical wing afterward and the camera followed her and Rhea came after and got in Casey's face a little bit in there and then Piper Nevin showed up and kind of chased Rhea off. So still building that tension between Piper and Rhea which could eventually lead to something which unfortunately will be eventually because Rhea out injured um but this was a fun match and i was really happy to see those two match up and uh i just i thought the characters played perfectly into what the other one does well um but rio was definitely a decisive winner so casey did not get a build in this match this was a rio building match yeah um and then in the main event we had our nxt uk tag team champions the grizzled grizzled young veterans versus amir jordan and kenny williams um this was a really really good match it wasn't quite a banger uh, <laughs> but it was a semi banger. It wasn't even a semi banger. It was just wow. a good match. Wow. Uh, it was a good match. <laughs> <laughs> a lot uh, of illusions here. Yes, I, I was teasing it a little bit, but not quite. Uh, it was a good match, though. I really like both of these tag teams. Consistently put on really good matches, no matter who they're against. Um, so they played off each other really well. It ended when the grizzled young veterans took it. There were a couple of times where we really thought Williams and Jordan were going to get the win. There were a couple of times where we really thought a three count was coming, and it just got interrupted in time. And they really did a good job make, with the camera angles, making sure you didn't see the guy that was going to come in and break it up because you really thought the pin was going to happen until he just came out of nowhere, just flung his body out from off camera into the into the frame. <laughs> so they they did that a couple times. Several near falls for Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. Um, really, really fun match. Everybody got to show off what they do well. Uh, and in the end, the veterans held on to their titles by taking an intentional countout because, of course, when you have the champion's advantage, you can take a disqualification or a countout loss and still keep your titles. Um, so it's my expectation with that kind of finish that we're going to see these tag teams go at it again, which I would welcome. Sure. Um, I hope they have uh, a, another UK takeover event at some point this year. Um, that seems like it would be a prime candidate for that event. Um, and then just before we went off the air in NXT UK, Pete Dunn cut a quick promo where he recapped his long path to the title, his extended title reign, um, his pride in the UK brand, and the fact that referencing the fact that he was the centerpiece and the foundation of this brand, which he still is, um, all of it absolutely true. And then he vowed to uh, to get his title back from Volter. Uh, at some point in time so keep an eye out for that rematch it's been alluded to several times nothing's been officially scheduled for tv or a pay-per-view um but i expect it's going to happen at some point so nxt uk i gave an eight and a half this week um which is higher than i normally grade nxt uk uh really good wrestling every match i really i really liked um catanzaro versus ripley i really thought stood out a little bit um just because it was such an interesting clash of two up-and-comers up-and-coming stars in the women's division just Um, sad that's 
Ripley's injured because yeah. Once again, every time there's a little bit of steam, something yes. happens, or something gets shuffled, and so sucks. De- so depressing. It sucks because she's, she's great. She's so fantastic, and I I can't wait for her to move to the main roster. But I really want to see that feud with Piper Nevin first because I think, you know, the women's division doesn't have a lot of hoss fights, and that would be a good hoss fight that I want to yeah. see. Um, and so NXT, eight and a half. NXT UK they don't have a women's title, right? They do. Yeah, yeah. Tony Storm holds it now. Um, it's recent. It was recently introduced. Okay. Uh, just about, I want to say six months ago, something like that. Uh, Tony Storm won the inaugural women's champion, or Rhea Ripley was the winner of the inaugural women's championship, uh, and then she feuded with Tony Storm over it, who took the title from her, and Tony Storm is now the reigning champion. So it is a new championship. Gotcha. Um, so they're still building the women's division over there, um, <laughs> in in the UK. Um, but good showing. Good showing overall. One of their better showings in recent weeks, I think. Awesome. So that wraps up uh, the Superstar Shakeup Week and the uh, accompanying shows. Uh, we will get into uh, last week's products. Again, we're sh- recording a little bit late, but uh, we'll get into last week's products on the next episode. We'll probably record you know, in a few days here. Um, really want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to the show. Please let us know what you think about the Superstar Shakeup. You know, what do you think could have been better? What do you think? uh should have happened or what do you think uh shouldn't have happened uh, as far as the shakeup goes again there's a handful of guys that we talked about shaking up that immediately went back to the respective parties in particular uh alistair black went over to smackdown andrade uh, split splitting up mm-hmm. black ashay uh, andrade went back to smackdown which means we got another finn balor uh, andrade matchup which mm-hmm. was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, spoilers for next week <laughs> mm-hmm. um and uh i mean those are the big ones right those are the ones that they moved back they did move cesaro over to raw which wasn't announced at the shake-up time yeah um, so i think that was the other big move as far as someone that was moved post shake-up without an yeah. announcement and i they had to move somebody because quite frankly just everybody went to smackdown and <laughs> they were already kind of overloaded for their two-hour program um but you know i'm i'm glad that they bro- broke up black Ashay. i wish they would have broke up rusev and uh nakamura but you know can't always get everything I want, mm-hmm. especially when uh, Big V, Big V is uh, running yeah. the, the program. So, um, but overall, I was pretty pleased. I was pretty happy with what they did, and I mm-hmm. think they addressed a lot of the weaknesses, much like yes. the Bengals uh, draft. They Ooh. may not have done anything showy, but they addressed pretty much every need. The Bengals had almost as many weaknesses to address as Raw. How dare you? <laughs> not the Browns. <laughs> All right, so. Without further ado, let's get out of here. Again, we're on Twitter at HTBVids. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Our website is HTBVids.com where you can find links to everything, including all of the feeds that you can listen to, podcast services, YouTube channel. Uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube. Um, we have a Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, that does contribute both for the hit the books program and the hit the mats program. So uh, don't feel like you need to find a different one. We do, we need more promo shots for Dan, so that's why he's not on all the stuff yet. Uh, we just don't have good shots with good cameras, uh, but we'll get those out before too long. And quite frankly, Emery and I need to update our pictures too. They're a little old. Um, I think that's everything, hopefully. Yep, I think that's everything. So once again, thank you for sticking with us. We'll see you next week. We love you. Uh, we got a lot of wrestling coming up. A lot of rest. See you next week. Okay, that's right.